up, what up, what up, what up, what up? The Real Club JB here live, right here on TikTok with all the big writers, and right here live with you guys as well. I appreciate everybody joining me, pounding the like button, subscribing, becoming a member. If you're not a member, become one today. We're live right here on the Coach JB Show every morning, 6 a.m. Pacific. YouTube, TikTok, you name it, I got it. Short, fat, skinny, and tall, I do it all. Magic Johnson put in a bid for $6 billion to buy the Commanders. Is Aaron Rodgers a BMK? And the NFL approves to wear the number zero. Woo! It makes perfect sense because we got a lot of zeros out there playing nowadays. I can't wait to watch a quarterback in zero and a nose guard wearing number zero. And let's just make the NFL a complete joke like it isn't already. <laughs> can't wait to break that down. Um, Coach LaFleur basically says that uh, Jordan Love is nowhere near Aaron Rodgers. Is that the right approach to take with the quarterback that is about to be your face of the franchise and about to go to war with? I don't know if that was the proper take. We'll see how it ends up being. Um, can't wait to understand that. But Lamar Jackson has no action. Has to be the headline of this show. He's back tweeting again. Again. Got no agent, dog. You do dumb things. I'm just going to be real with you. We're going to break all that down and more uh, right here on the Coach JB Show. Make sure you pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. First of all, we got to get to the quarter of the day. Brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and get you 50% off welcome bonus. You got the NBA playoffs right around the corner. The play-in tournament that I'm so excited about. That's coming along the corner. That's coming right around the corner. As, as well as Major League Baseball. Opening day is this Thursday, tomorrow. Uh, we're going to break that down. I may have a special guest lined up for that one. No other than Ken Griffey Jr. Maybe joining the show. Uh, I'll let you know that today. And so much more to talk about. So much more today. But uh, first of all, don't go anywhere without going to CanadipsCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB, all caps, get you 20% off, welcome bonus, plus free shipping. CanadipsCBD.com. Head on over to cleanest way to dip there is. Quote of the day, I got to get you started. Um, and you know how it is already. I got to get you on the quote of the day. Accept both compliments and criticism. It takes both the sun and the rain for a flower to grow. Some of you guys got to learn how to take criticism. You can't, some of you guys talk all that stuff. Oh, I'll dish it out, but you can't take it. Or you can't take it, but you can dish it out. See, you don't know me. That's the problem. You think you know me. You don't. But see, very when you're talking to people that actually have stuff to offer you, you actually listen instead of hearing. See, all of you guys on TikTok and all social media, you just hear my tone because that's the tone I wish to give you. But you never listen to my message. <laughs> that's the ignorance of it. And ignorance is life-threatening. So don't hear my tone. Listen to the message. But having said that, I accept compliments and criticism all the time when I'm talking to people that actually know what they're talking about. Not TikTok. <laughs> I love TikTokers who jump on the show and go, hey, coach, you still coaching? God damn, do you got Google? 
You got TikTok, but no Google. I bet you got Venmo. I bet you take a cash app uh, payment from a, a random. <laughs> but you don't know if I coach or not. Yeah, that's the crazy shit, man. It's, it's unbelievable to me. Contrary to belief, brought to you by CandidateCBD.com. If only closed minds came with closed mouths, TikTok. <laughs> Contrary to belief, if you don't want a sarcastic answer, don't ask a stupid question. Period. Contrary to belief, if I say, first of all, if I say, first off, all run away. If I say first, if, if I start the sentence off, first of all, you know I love to say first of all. First of all, if I start a sentence with first of all, you all need to just run away. Because I've done my research, my data, I know exactly what I'm saying. And you don't. So if I say first of all, you need to just get the hell out of here and shut the hell up. Period. That's what you need to do. And you know I love to say, first of all. Poll question. I bet you I know the answer for all the TikTokers. Would you rather win an MVP award or a team championship? I bet you 99% of TikTok would say, a MVP. Because I want the bag. I'm solo dolo. You already know these soft cats. Do you? Would you rather win an MVP or a team championship? That's the poll question. That's the poll question. Uh, the real ones would say MVP. Or would they say a championship? If you're a real one, which one are you saying? See, Tom Brady sacrificed a lot of money to win a lot of championships. He's going to go down as the GOAT. Kyler Murray, uh, Lamar Jackson, all these cats want the bag, but that is what the generation is. That's what the generation is. I'm not going to sacrifice nothing. I just want the bag. I don't care about winning. That's why I'll move around all over the place. Um, can't wait to get into that. Fun fact of the day. Got to let you know. Every single day, I'm going to give you a fun fact about that day. TikTok, I know you guys can't spell anyway, but fun fact, Wednesday is the most frequently misspelled word in the dictionary. That's crazy to me. Wednesday, I think because you guys don't understand there's a D in there. <laughs> I bet you everybody on TikTok would misspell Wednesday right now if I told them let's do a spelling bee. They'd all misspell Wednesday because it's hump day. And they don't want to grind no more. They don't want to get over the hump. They can't get over the hard work boot Wednesday. You know, we call this day work boot Wednesday. It is what it is. We're going to get after it. Um, rumor of the day. I got to get you a rumor of the day every day. That's a new segment of the show. Rumor of the day. Former Duke and Timberwolf player Brian Davis apparently, allegedly, made a $7 billion bid on the Commanders last week. Nobody has reported on it. The Snyders uh, would not accept it. Um, Brian Davis is a guy who played at Duke and he has a business partner by the name of Christian Leitner if you know who that is or not but he started the DC United and then hit a big big bag of real estate some years ago that is who it is now if he offers seven billion dollars I don't know what he's doing in real estate but he's got to be one of the biggest real estate realtors in the world but Brian Davis apparently rumor has it that he allegedly offered $7 billion bid to take over the Washington Commanders. So that's going to be leading the show off today. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson uh, puts a bid in for $6 billion with a bunch of partners, a few partners, to buy the Commanders. Um, 
Can't wait to discuss that in depth. Chase Sr. joins me later on. Matt McChesney will join me in the first hour. Chase will join me in the third hour. Uh, Magic puts a bid in. Um, Going to get into that. Number zero was approved to wear in the NFL. Zero. I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't mess with it. Zero in the NFL just don't sit with me. I know all the youngsters probably loves number zero. I'm sure number zero is loved uh, by all the youngsters. Oh, zero. Like, I wouldn't let my worst enemy wear number zero. Like, there's too much to it. They're like, there's too much to it. I ain't wearing number zero. (laughs) Why would I wear zero? Um, I, I don't know. The uh, the Jets and the Packers are close to a deal. Apparently, they are close to a deal. Uh, they're getting closer to a deal. Um, as it currently stands, Jets will send a 2023 and second rounder uh, and a 2024 second rounder that may turn into a first based on performance. The holdup is the Jets want a pick back from Green Bay. <clears throat> in case Aaron Rodgers don't play in 24. I like the move by the Jets. The Jets just ain't going to bend over and take it. They're going to say, listen, we want some something in return. We're not just going to give you a bunch of stuff for Aaron Rodgers. If he only plays one year, we're screwed. We set our franchise back a long, long way. First of all, though, um, I, I want to know, has this move already set the Jets back a long, long way? Has the Jets already been set back a long way by putting all this into it? You've brought in Scantling, the receiver, or uh, not Scantling, uh, Valdez Scantling, right? No, who they bring in? What was the receiver? Uh, what's his name, man? The Green Bay has the worst named receivers in football. Anyway, they brought over the cat that the Aaron Rodgers apparently quote-unquote wanted. Um Lazard, Lazard, let me get all these names right. Lazard, you're trying to get OBJ for A-Rod. You're trying to get uh, all these different guys. Why are you doing so much for a guy who may not show up for a meeting? He may not show up for camp. Because, again, rumors are out there that say that LaFleur used to have meetings set up and Aaron Rodgers wouldn't show up. So, I don't know if those are true or not. All I know is that Aaron Rodgers could be wor- could be more headache than he is, um, and the risk versus reward may not end up doing what you think it does. I maybe you do. Maybe this is a big implosion at the end of the day. Maybe this is the worst decision the Jets could have made. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to find out very, very soon, but apparently the deal's getting closer to getting done. The play, the, the deal is apparently getting closer to get done. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, but but LaFleur going out and saying that Jordan Love isn't has a lot of work to do. He's the work in progress. He's not going to... He said, I think we're fooling ourselves if we think he's going to go out and perform to a level of the likes of Aaron Rodgers. This guy is a generational once-in-a-lifetime talent, and I don't think he started in that role. It was a progression. Um, 
that's a fair statement. I'm totally with it. But I'm just telling you, is this young cat, Jordan Love, thick-skinned enough to be able to handle that? Is he, is he able to handle that type of talk from his head coach? That is what's going to be uh, the jury's out on that one. You got to have a mental tough fortitude, dog, to be an NFL quarterback, to be a quarterback, period, to be a leader, period. You got to have some nuts and guts, as I like to say. I don't know uh, where Jordan Love stands on that. Um, I'm actually trying to get Jordan on the show uh, through a friend of mine, through a former player of mine. I'm trying to get Jordan Love on the show. Um, we'll see. Reports that Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur would have game plan meetings to give Roger more say. To give Aaron Rodgers more say. Sometimes Rodgers would show up to the meetings and other times he would just leave Matt sitting there with no word that he wasn't going to show up. Now, that's allegedly. That's rumors. Um, but apparently... This is all hit and miss. The GM for the for the Packers came out yesterday basically saying what Aaron Rodgers said on Pat McAfee is a lie. Um, now, this report's coming out that Aaron Rodgers would leave Matt LaFleur hanging in a meeting. I'm very confused. I'm very curious. I'm very... Uh, is he a BMK after all? Is he the guy that you all thought was the guy and then ends up just being the other guy? That is what I want to know about Aaron Rodgers. And it's going to come up because you already know the truth is in the pudding. It comes out eventually. Packers and the Jets are apparently closer to getting a deal done to getting Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Um, we will see if that ends up happening. And uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, the NFL. I just. The NFL. Th this is a. Uh, this is a shocker to me. A shocker to me. That. Number zero can be worn by any player except O-line, D-line. O-line, D-line. So I know a lot of linebackers are going to want to want to one zero. I know there's going to be some running backs that want to wear number zero. You know, there's going to be a tight end and a receiver just to look cute. I'm sure there's going to be a defensive end and I bet you money. There'll be a safety and a corner. They all want to wear zero now. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know about the zero thing. It just seems like we're just, just keep adding stuff in. Just keep adding stuff. I, I don't get it. Patrick Mahomes went to Twitter uh, yesterday, and he gave the face slap emoji. The NFL announced that teams can now have two Thursday night football games per season. Limit used to be one. Now that's changed. Flexing for two uh, Thursday night football is not happening for now. So, Patrick Mahomes gave the old slap the face, like, what are we doing? Why are we playing so many games on Thursday? Uh, Roger Goodell came out and defended the NFL's rule change uh, and defended it against Patrick Mahomes' tweet emoji. Um, he said, basically, I don't think we're putting Amazon over our players. The data doesn't show higher injury rate. 
I hear from players who also love the 10 days off after a Thursday night game. We will have to try to balance it. Look, two Thursday night games in the NFL. I can't wait to talk to Matt McChesney about that. He played seven years in the league. Um, I can't wait to, to ask him what he thinks about that. I think he's going to talk about, in my opinion, player safety that so much is talked about from Roger Goodell's office, but yet we now add a Thursday night game. Like, come on, quit talking about player safety, dog, when you keep doing this and it's clearly a money grab. Thursday night Amazon is clearly a money grab. Let's just be honest. The NFL has approved just one roster cut down, a new rule, the third rule that is kind of big this offseason. First of all, the Thursday night Amazon games were the worst football I have seen in 30 years. The, the worst Thursday night football I have seen in 30 years was on Amazon this past year. Let's be honest. Amazon was the worst I've ever seen. And now we're going to have two Thursday night games with two teams playing or with one team playing twice uh, during the year. So they're going to pick the highest rated teams to play twice on Amazon. So you want to bet right now? Let's do a prediction. I bet you that the Chiefs play twice. The Bills play twice. I bet you that the Jets play twice. If Aaron Rodgers ends up being a Jet. I would bet Miami plays twice. Um... Maybe the 49ers. Maybe Denver because of Peyton and, and, and Wilson. Um, and then wherever Lamar goes, I would bet on it. I would bet on it. And you never know. Maybe uh, the Cleveland Browns because of the weirdo Deshaun Watson. I'm just curious to where this a, this thing feel, uh, works out. I don't know. Um, the third world, though is the NFL is approved having just one roster cut down. Can't wait to ask Matt about that. Um, that means that teams will trim rosters from 90 to 53 after the final preseason game. See, normally if you watch Hard Knocks, you kind of watch it and you see if you don't know, if you're a novice fan, you don't know how the football thing works when you cut players. Usually it starts in week one, it goes to week two, it goes to week three, you cut down, you cut down, you cut down. Now, to me... It's going to be quite a transition for GMs and coaches to make your cuts on one day. So here's the date. You need to mark it on your calendar. You need to mark this date on your calendar. Alan, it's going to be a sad day, Alan. We're going to have a lot of homies and ex-players getting cut on this day. August 29th this year, there will be over 1,000 cuts in the NFL made in one day. Now that there's cuts made from 90 to 53 on one day after all the preseason games are done, August 29th, 2023, there will be over 1,000 cuts made on one day. See, to me, it's kind of foul. Here's why. Because you don't have a lot of time for those cut players to find a new team. So now you can evaluate your guys a little bit longer, okay? But now your guys that you cut at the end, 
now don't have an opportunity to catch on somewhere else. And it's going to be very, very last minute. And now I wonder if it is a hand down, give me away, hand down to the XFL and the USFL for the NFL to say, listen, we'll give you some quality players for your league in the spring. These guys aren't going to, they're going to get cut on one day. Now, the NFL is going to find some of those guys. I'm sure out of a thousand, they're going to take a lot of those guys and shuffle them around. But there's two sides of the coin here longer evaluation period from one end, shorter time to fit in on a new team on the player side. Again, we're talking about player empowerment, but yet the NFL still controlling the narrative with now making a one-day cut, giving the players zero opportunity to find a new team. So you're talking August 29th, 1,000 cuts will be made. The next week's game day. So you got to get on a new roster within three days, two days, one day to learn some scheme, get on a team, and try to crack a roster. Don't know if it's going to happen. I think it's going to be some pushback. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. I don't know how well that's going to be uh, perceived by the coaches, the players, and or the NFL Players Association. I don't know if the coaches mind. I would love to evaluate guys longer, but that I'm also a player's coach. I know if I'm going to cut a guy week one. By the way, so do these coaches. The coaches know I'm going to cut a guy week one. And what does that do? That allows that player to get a new opportunity. Alan, how many guys did I cut at Indy? And I would call him in the office and say, hey, man, you're not going to make this roster, dog. But I got homies out here in California. I got homies out here in, in Mississippi. I can call and get you on a roster at another JUCO if that's what you're willing to do. See, that's my point. I think that is the number one job of a coach and a leader. Help your players. You recruited them. You drafted them. You brought them into your camp to help your team excel. But now you can't help them get somewhere else if they don't make your roster because you've exceeded expectations on building your roster. That's the problem I have. Now it's become, we know it's a business, quote unquote, but there still has to be some morale in this thing. And somebody has to have some damn character and help these cats out who you brought in to help your roster. See, I don't like the guy that smiles in your face and stabs you in the back. That's just not my get down. So I want to give cats ample opportunity to move on and get on another roster. And that is what I'm all about. So week one, I already know he's not going to make it. So if I was an NFL coach going into this season with this new rule that we can keep you all the way to August 29th, after week one, I'm already calling my boys, my GM homies, my head coaching boys at other places. And I'm saying, hey, man, Johnny ain't going to make it on this team. I know I'm going to keep him for four weeks, the new rule. But listen, I think he's the guy you might want. He can make your roster. Here you go. Take them right away. See, I'm now you got to start setting it up. Even though you're keeping them and getting them better, you're setting them up for success. And don't and then if we don't communicate with this cat at all and just cut them, August 29th, 
Dog, you got four days to get on a new roster. I just don't see how that's going to help kids or players. Uh, I don't see how that's going to help players out. That's just my personal opinion. Um, so we'll see. 1,000 cuts will be made on August 29th. Keep that uh, date in your uh, in your book. The NFL owners tabbed the Eagles' proposal to create a 4th and 20 alternative to the onside kick. Here we go. This was the fourth rule in the offseason that the NFL has mulled over. So it's not voted down, but it was put aside for further discussion. All right. All right. Let me get into this real quick. Let me get into this real quick. Let me get into this. Uh... Let me get into this fourth and 20 alternative. All right. Oh, Lord, help me as I may sin and cuss live on YouTube when I said I wouldn't cuss all week. But this type of stuff is making me want to cuss. All right, so here we go. Fourth and 20 instead of an onside kick. The XFL is doing it right now. They're doing fourth and 15. So the NFL is going to one-up them and go fourth and 20, right? It's a, it's a, it's a straight... Small man syndrome complex egotistical move. Let's be honest. So the NFL said the Eagles, by the way, keep throwing rules out here that they want changed. They want to keep the quarterback push, the bush push. They want to keep the motion everybody in the backfield and push the quarterback. They're okay with that. But now they want a fourth and 20 rule put in. Like, it blows my mind what the Eagles try to do over there. I can't wait to ask Jay Sr. what's going on with that. But here's my take. We already give everybody a trophy. We're already giving everybody a participation trophy, the second place runner-up trophy, the honorable mention trophy. The we're making up rule. We're, let's let's make up awards to give to everybody so everybody's happy. Let's give everybody an award so we're we're not ruffling any feathers. Now we want to change the rules of football, and we want to take an onside kick that is very difficult to attain, as it should be. So why would I bust my ass all game long? To have a lead in a game, two highly competitive NFL rosters, both make a lot of money. Both teams of 53 te- rosters, man rosters, make a lot of money. They all put their pants on one leg at a time. They all cash a check on the first and 15th. They're all equal when it comes to college. They were all Americans. They get drafted in the NFL to play the highest elite level. Now we're playing two game, two teams. With all those players equally matched, playing in a all-out bang-bang warfare game, and it comes down to an onside kick because the better team's winning at this time and in in moment in time. So, if that's the case, why do we have to make a rule that negates all that competitiveness, like? So a fourth and 20, I could throw up a Hail Mary. I get a miracle catch, 
And I've just lost everything that I put into it. When knowing damn well, I got to make this onside kick to get the ball back because that is what football is. I'm down. I need to make a hard play to get the ball back to try to win. By the way, it's happened before. Teams have got it onside and won the game. That's the right way to go about it, in my opinion. Why are we changing things that has been in existence for 100 years? Now we want to add a fourth and 20 alternative to an onside kick. I'm sorry, man. There's not a lot of fourth and 20 plays you can run, but there's enough fourth and 20 plays that I would like to shot at over an onside kick. I have a t- I have 20 calls in my head right now that I can run on fourth and 20. That is a better odds than it is to get an onside kick. But I don't want to run a fourth and 20 play. I want to, if I'm the coach winning, I want you to get the onside kick against me. I don't want to defend a fourth and 20 play where the ref can call a PI that he hasn't called all game like the Creighton-San Diego State game. Like the Super Bowl that just happened? Like this umpire who throws out the catcher because he tried to drop the ball in his glove and he didn't he didn't do it? I'm not putting my last seconds of a game in the referee's hands who could be on the take because DraftKings and FanDuel told him to? <laughs> like, come on. Now we're gonna throw up a fourth and twenty? Man, please. I ain't throwing up a fourth twenty. Kick the onside kick, NFL. Don't change the rule. You're allowing more soft play. Just keep it real. You're allowing more softness to enter this game. I don't know what you guys think in the chat. Uh, didn't get the chance to look at it, but. How many fourth and 20 plays end in a defensive PI? I'm curious. That's a stat that you need to look up because that's a possibility. I know the Patriots love to throw it up on fourth and long or before a half, get a first down. I mean, it is what it is. I don't know. Um, the integrity of sport of the sport is just going down. I, I don't get it. It, it really is. It really is. Um, but let's transition to Lamar Jackson. Um, man, I got to get into Lamar Jackson, dog. I got to get into this Lamar Jackson. Falcons owner comes out, Arthur Blank, and he's told a group of reporters that the Lamar Jackson situation is very different than Deshaun Watson from a year ago. Blank did mention there's some concern with Lamar's style and how long it could hold up. He brought up the games he's missed over the last two years. Each game counts in this business, quote-unquote. End quote. Arthur Blank has basically called out Lamar Jackson and said these things. Um, Lamar Jackson has recently tweeted out another tweet, and he's basically said, you know, if I were to play in the games I was hurt in, were you, you know, what would you be thinking the same things? 
and blah, 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 blah. I, I got to be honest, homie. I love Lamar Jackson. I like the kid. But listen, all the tweeting without an agent is making you look like an idiot. It isn't helping you get on a team. And Lamar Jackson just has no action. Why isn't there any suitors for Lamar Jackson? But remember, remember, Coach JB's the hater. I hate on Lamar Jackson. But I got players in my chat right now who I've coached who will tell you otherwise. I don't care about what color you are. I don't care about what you do on the offseason and off the field. I care about what you do on the field. I don't care if you're on a yacht in the summer in Bali. I care that you're throwing with your receivers, getting ready to go, and that you are going to be the best quarterback that I'm paying my money for. I don't care about all that. But what I do know is this. There's athletes that play quarterback, and then there's quarterbacks who are athletic. Lamar Jackson is an athlete who plays quarterback. Deshaun Watson is a quarterback who is athletic. There is two different things. I think Arthur Blank knows this. I believe the owners know this. And like I've said many times on this show, listen. I would 1,000% pay Lamar Jackson over Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson's weird butt. I would do it in a heartbeat. Lamar has no off-the-field issues. He has no real character issues besides maybe questioning missing the playoff game last year to support his team and the agent thing. But criminally and off-the-field issues and being a good dude, Lamar Jackson's A1. I would absolutely pay him more money than Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray. Now, having said that, I've always said Lamar Jackson is definitely deserving of the bag, but he is not worth the bag. Just understand there's a complete difference in being deserving of something and being worthy of something. He isn't worthy. He is deserving And what Arthur Blank said is 1,000% right. Your style isn't sustainable. Who does that sound like? Oh, JB's been saying that for how long? Oh, years? I got you. But now, all of a sudden, I don't know what I'm doing. But yet, no NFL teams are knocking down Lamar's door, are they? He's missed multiple five, six, seven games a year. How can I pay you $250 million if you're going to miss games? Like, come on, dog. Let's keep it 100. You can't show up. I can't pay my CEO a million dollars a year and you don't show up for work to lead the guys making minimum wage. (laughs) Does that make sense? The guy that makes a million dollars has to be at work showing his face. Playing, leading by example. He has to. I can't pay you that much money and then expect my locker room to ball out playing at the league minimum. Oh, man, shoot. Your, 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 Your boy that you paid ain't even here. You don't think that happens in locker rooms? Because you ain't ever been in one. That's why you don't know. You don't think that happens? 
You know how hard it is for the coach to keep that intact? When the dudes that get paid all the money aren't there? When you have Aaron Rodgers not showing up for a meeting with the head coach and Jordan Love's in there like, hey, Allen, why don't you let people know, Allen, if I would allow, let's just say, Malik Henry not to show up, who was the starter, Allen, at the time, and you walk in and we're in a meeting and Malik ain't in the meeting and we're sitting there and we're watching film, aren't you questioning in your head like, so where's where's the starter at? Where's Malik? Like, wouldn't that be like, man, screw this. I ain't going hard for this dude. I ain't believing what he say. You can't lead an organization that way. And your guys that get paid the money have to be available. Lamar isn't available. Lamar isn't available enough. And if he's not available enough, you can't pay him. Not only is he not available enough, his style of play is sporadic, dangerous. I don't know what else to say. It's not sustainable. You can't tuck the ball and run every single snap because you don't understand coverage and you can't throw the ball on time in anticipatory windows on a dig route. So you tuck it and run. Dog, you're you're wasting 40 seconds of time. You're wasting all your stamina and energy. Now you got to come back to the huddle and do it again. And in Baltimore... You were running tempo. Do you know how dead tired you had to be to run 40 yards, come back to the huddle, and run a play again? That's what you guys don't understand. It's not sustainable. Now you have a higher risk for injury after I just ran 40 yards, come back to the huddle, and now I go no huddle, hang huddle, and we go woo woo boom, run the play. Dog, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable, and the owners know it. The owners know it. So, I would argue, uh, Gorian, I would argue that that's not true. Josh Allen does not play the same way. Josh Allen's style of play versus Lamar Jackson's style of play is completely different. Lamar Jackson's style of play is based on offensive scheme, number one, and not understanding how to get rid of the football, number two, so he tucks it and runs. Josh Allen, 60% of his runs are run quarterback design. They run QB power. They run QB power lead. They run QB power read. They run QB pin and pull sweep. They run QB counter. Now, these are things they run with Josh Allen. But Josh Allen in the pass game is usually throwing the football somewhere. It may be an interception. Remember, I'm not a big Josh Allen guy yet. It may be an interception, but he's throwing the ball. Lamar Jackson drops back to throw the ball and 90% of the time does not throw the ball. He tucks it and runs. So let me make sure we're clear. You have a guy that has design runs in Lamar Jackson and design runs in Josh Allen. But when it's time to pass, Josh Allen throws it, Lamar runs it. So now you're running twice as much in Lamar Jackson as you are Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen is 6'4", 245, and 
a lot thicker. He can actually take more of those poundings also, even though I do not want him to do it. I would not let him do it. I would be running the football more in Buffalo if I was a coach. Having said that, Lamar is not built the same. It's completely two different styles. Um, but I do agree, Gorian. I mean, Josh Allen's getting away with the same murder in, in, in essence. And he is a guy, how many times, Gorian, have I said Josh Allen's this close from being out of, this, out of the NFL? He's this close to getting a knee snapped or a hip broke or a leg snapped. I'm just telling you. And the Buffalo Bills are right back to what they used to be. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, it is what it is. So, yeah. Josh Allen's won, what, I think three or four playoff games? I don't know. What's he won? Three or four playoff games? Lamar's only won, what, one? Um, look, we can get in all the stats and all that stuff. You know, I, I root for Lamar. I really do. I just think that he's digging himself a hole now with the tweets, without the agent, um, without having the agent, with all the tweets that are happening. I just think he's digging himself a hole, dog. He can't get out of. Because these NFL guys, man, these owners, these cutthroat businessmen, um, they'll cut your throat uh, to save their own neck in a New York minute. So let's just be honest. This guy, you guys got to get the, you got to take the money that you can get because now I'm worried that he don't get any money. Now I'm worried that he doesn't even get the original offer. That's where you start to think now I'm worried he doesn't get the original offer and he's going to end up playing on a year to year deal somewhere. And we know if you look at the history of this game, if you, do you look at it, you know that the longer you play and you start to become year-to-year guy, look at Baker Mayfield, dog. Look at Baker Mayfield. Now he's the year-to-year guy on a new team every year. Look at Sam Darnold, the year-to-year guy on a new team every year. Lamar Jackson is following, following those footsteps. We call it in the business a journeyman. Lamar Jackson, I hate to say this, is this close to being an NFL journeyman. And it's sad to see, dog. It really is. It's sad to see. Uh, I don't know. Don't get it. The Falcons say that... uh, Desmond Ritter is their starting quarterback after Arthur Smith said uh, what he said about Lamar Jackson. Now he said, we expect Desmond to take the next step. Something is very, very wrong. And ESPN is going to get out there and call it race or it's going to be racial motivated, racially motivated. And then the other guys are going to come out and say it's this. And they're going to come out and say it's that. It's not that dog. I just I broke down Lamar Jackson how many times on tape. Go watch Last Chance Q. Go watch my old coaching one-on-one shows. I've broken down Lamar Jackson. It ain't about nothing else but the inability to throw on time and be accurate when it matters and to not miss guys wide open and to be healthy and to play the entire season. 
it ain't nothing to do with nothing else. You can't pay these dudes this much money and then always go back and revert to the Deshaun Watson contract. Dog, that was an outlying contract. There's always an anomaly. There's always an outlier. But it's like the kid in the candy store that sees the homie's mom buy him a Reese's peanut butter cup. And then his mom, his own mom, don't have Reese's peanut butter cup money. All he got was some raisinettes. <laughs> he got some raisinettes, dog. And he's like, man, I want the Reese's peanut butter cups like the homie. I don't got Reese's peanut butter cup money. So what does the kid do? Later on, he goes back to the store and steals that stuff. Then what happens? Blackball, dog. He's done. He's done. Now he's got a record, got a rap sheet. Lamar now has a record. He has a quote-unquote rap sheet when it comes to these owners and GMs. He didn't show for the playoff game. You don't think this good old boy network looked at that and said, oh, man, Harbaugh, you mad about that? Yeah, the catcher have showed up and supported Huntley and his team. Oh, he didn't show up. Oh, he turned down money, guaranteed money. We're going to make this cat suffer a little bit now. You don't think that resonates throughout the NFL's owners? Come on, man. You're full of it. You're absolutely Full of it, if you don't think so. Magic Johnson's trying to get his butt into the mix, buying the commanders. I had Marshall Falk on this show talking about the lack of black owners. Here's a poll question. If Magic can get in here, does it change the narrative of what the Washington commanders are saying right now about Lamar Jackson? Because I think it may. I think Washington's still in it, contrary to your belief. Contrary to belief that everything that you hear, I think the Washington commanders are still in the mix for Lamar Jackson. And I think that if Magic Johnson and that thing gets done by the draft, which I think it will, I think that Magic Johnson getting his hands on the commanders allows for the discussion for Lamar Jackson to reopen. That is my outside looking intake. Because right now, I just don't understand. So we're going to be good in, the, in Atlanta and say Ritter's ready to go. Desmond Ritter's ready to go. We're going to be in Washington and say Kobe Brissett and Sam Howell is going to lead our team in the NFC East where the Eagles just went to a Super Bowl, where the Cowboys are reloading up, where the Giants won a playoff game. Come on, man. So you really want to compete? By the way, this dude, Daniel Snyder, bought this team for $800 million back in 2001 or whatever. He's won two playoff games, dog. He's won two playoff games in 23 years. It's time for him to go. It's time for him to go. It, he acts like he's Joe Gibbs and he's won four Super Bowls or something. He has done nothing. 
but assaulted cheerleaders, verbally abused staff, domestic violence. I mean, there's a laundry list of stuff he's done. It's time for him to go. It's time to him to, for him to go. So, I think Magic's going to get this one. I think Magic, it ain't going to be Magic. He ain't got that coin. He does have some coin. It ain't that long. He's just the face that's going to get it done. All the money mag- all the money backers are behind him. It, it ain't, he ain't the guy that's putting forth the cheese. There's a Canadian investor that's already offered $6 billion as well. So now they're going to go to the sheet. They're going to weigh out everybody's business proposals. They're going to weigh out what people have done. They're going to see Magic Johnson and his success with the Dodgers, World Series, with the Lakers, championship in the bubble. The Lakers, what he's done with the new soccer team in L.A., um, winning that. What he's done in all his business ventures. They're going to say the guy has a knack. And he has the name and the power. I wouldn't be shocked if Magic's group is the guy that gets it. It makes sense. Washington, D.C. Now, does the NFL keep him out because of the good old boy network like you stated? I don't know. That's going to be a tough one. It's going to be very, very, uh, it's going to be very interesting to say the least. Um, But I do, I do agree I do agree that, and not only do I agree myself, I'm, 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 I'm giving you what I think. I think if Magic gets his hands on the Commanders by the draft, which is um, you know, less than a month away, I think that this could be a real big situation. And why would Washington? Why would Lamar get traded before the 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 trade before the draft? I don't see Lamar getting picked up before the draft unless Indianapolis Colts want to make some splash. Um, By the way, I do not like the Indianapolis Colts and Lamar Jackson. I just don't like that. I don't like the fit. I don't like the fit. Some people can talk about indoors, in a dome, doesn't have to worry about weather. Got Jonathan Taylor to run the ball. Jonathan Taylor wasn't even on the map last year, dog. Their O-line is horrendous again. It's not the it's not the O-line from two years ago. It is a horrible O-line. Their defense isn't as good. They have no big-time number one wideout. What do you like about the Colts and Lamar? I don't like it. Alan, you like the Colts and Lamar? I don't like it. I don't really like it. I'm not really uh I'm not really feeling it. Where does Zeke Elliott end up? Uh, rumor has it that he wants to be an eagle or a jet. He wants to be an eagle or a jet. Um at least he has realistic expectations. If he becomes a jet, I believe he realizes that that's Brees Hall's team that he would be a mentor on that team. He would be a tough red zone, low red zone, uh, bang, bang, pound, pound, back. He would play minimal reps a game, probably. They're going to give the ball to Brees. Zeke would be a guy that gives a young team, a young running back, a spell, 
and some solid leadership, in my opinion, if he chose to go that route and humble himself and know that he is the backup. I like the Jets over the Eagles. Because in the, with the Eagles, you're primarily a Jalen Hurts-ran team. You're not really running the ball like that. Because in Buffalo, dog, you got to get you a number one back. Zeke's not a number one back anymore. Buffalo needs a number one. They have to get a back in Buffalo that demands the offensive coordinator to run the ball, to keep Josh Allen healthy, to stop all the quarterback run game and throw the ball 50 times a game. If you look at the Buffalo Bills, every time they threw the ball for 50 times or more, they lost. Look it up. The more he throws, the less successful Buffalo is. They got to get a number one back, like a Derrick Henry, like a, a guy like that, to demand the run game. You get a big time back, I'm going to run the ball, I'm going to run the ball, I'm going to run the ball. Zeke Elliott doesn't demand you to run the ball with him. He's old. Zeke Elliott is done. He is a guy that's going to come in and give you some low red zone carries, be a good locker room dude. Still be able to help you if a guy gets hurt for a game or so. He can come in and spell. He ain't the guy that pound the ball 30 times. Zeke Elliott's done. So you need to have Zeke Elliott on a team where he can help a young team grow. Buffalo's not that guy. Buffalo's not that team, and Zeke's not that guy no more. Uh... Now, I do like Eckler to Buffalo. Um, I do like Eckler to Buffalo uh, Jones. I do like Beck. I do like that move. I do like that move, Christopher Chapman. I do like that move because he's a sixteen hundred yard a year guy, multifaceted, multi serviceable. He has he scores you twenty touchdowns in multiple ways every year. He's an extension of playing. He, he can play in a slot. I don't know, man. I'm torn on that. I'm torn on the Eckler. I'm torn on the Eckler to Buffalo thing. Because I don't want Josh Allen to have another receiver type back to come out of the backfield. I want Josh Allen to have Derrick Henry to pound the rock. I don't want Josh Allen to be able to throw the ball out of the backfield to Eckler. I, lo I love Eckler. I think he's a great locker room guy. He's a winner. Uh, he, he, he's going to give you a lot of great things. But I don't know if I like him in Buffalo as much as I like Henry, as much as I like. Uh... See, I thought Jamal Williams would have been a great get in Buffalo. I thought Jamal Williams would have been a great get in Buffalo. I also like I would have liked to see Miles Sanders in Buffalo. I thought that would have been a good get. Because Buffalo, dog, I'm just being honest. Unless you get Derrick Henry, Buffalo's not going to go get a big-time number one. They're not going to go get a big-time number one running back. Because they're, just, it's, it's, they're paying Josh Allen too much. They got to re-up him. They got to pay Diggs. They're not going to go get – they got to pay They got to pay their, their tight end, Knox. They're not going to go get a big-time number one running back. They're just not. They're just not. Um, 
and I and I'm be honest. I think I think I think Henry, the style, the 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 way he plays. Uh, I don't know if he's going to have any success this year either. I think he's on the over the hill uh, side of things as far as running back. He just he gets the ball more than anybody, and I don't know if he can sustain it either. And I think you may have seen the end of uh, Henry. Be honest. That's just me. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Odell Beckham sweepstakes. The Rams are back in the mix, apparently. Uh, the Rams are interested in re-signing Odell Beckham, according to Sean McVay. Meanwhile, the Giants coach, Brian Dable, said he enjoyed Odell's previous visit with the team as well. And it fits the Daniel Jones restructure. Uh I'm not high on OBJ like everyone else. I'm just not. He makes spectacular catches here and there. I get it. But if you really look at the body of work, he's not really doing uh, anything else. See, all the naysayers out there love OBJ because they he's made the one-handed tip of the ball catch. And he's made this one-handed catch uh, in shorts on, on, a, on a TikTok video. Dog. He's not available. He hasn't really played in two and a half years. Let's be honest. Even the Super Bowl year, he didn't play half the season. Comes to the Rams, gets hurt in the Super Bowl. He's done for all of last year. Like, you catch really put stock into cats that don't play. Blows my mind. I put my top 10 wideouts out yesterday, and people didn't listen to the show. So they don't understand that I was projecting what I think they're going to do next year. And they're like, Cooper Cup's way too low. Well, Cooper Cup's low because he's hurt, and we don't know what he's going to be next year. So if you didn't listen to the show, shut the hell up. Go back and listen to the show. That is why. Why Mike Evans ain't on there? You had him as your best receiver last year. Because if you listen to the show, I said Baker Mayfield's not going to get Mike Evans the ball next year. I'm projecting what is going to happen next year. Do I think Mike Evans is a top three receiver in the NFL? Yes. Nine 1,000 receiving yard seasons in a row. Uh, you know I said he's the best receiver in football last year with Brady. Uh, and people are quick to remind me, you said he was the best receiver. I know I did, but you didn't listen to yesterday's show. I said it's projection of next year. Mike Evans is not ready to be the guy again. He has Baker Mayfield at quarterback, dog. And he's coming off injury, dog. Let's just keep it real. Cooper Crush, we don't know. I mean, Cooper Cup, we don't know if he's going to be back healthy like he is. That's why I put him so low. Why you got Tyreek Hill so low? I told you yesterday why I got him so low. He's a number one or two skilled guy in the NFL. He's not a number one or two receiver. Look at his routes. It's quick screen, smoke screen, bubble screen, nine route go, hitch and go, reverse, Gadget plays, dog. Tyreek Hill ain't running dig, curl, post. <laughs> He's running now screen, bubble screen, quick screen, tunnel screen, fade. Tell me I'm wrong, but you all know more than me. Tyreek Hill is the most dynamic player in football, possibly. He's not the best receiver, all right? Shut the hell up. He's not even a consistent route runner. He runs a com he might run a slant here and there out of a formational 
loop that they move him to gain access to free access. You probably don't even know what that means, half of you. So they'll throw him a slant on the backside. But besides that, he's running nines, reverses, bubble screen, smoke screen, now hits. Come on, dog. Keep it real. But all the common naysayers that don't know football, those are the ones that talk. Oh, you don't have Tyreek Hill high enough. Shut the hell up. He's a he's a damn gadget out there. He ain't a receiver. Now he's a freak. Remember, I got to Garden City the year he left. I know he's a freak. Probably in a few ways. <laughs> but having said that, um, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Um I don't know. I love the TikTok naysayers that they're all the young kids that couldn't handle me getting cussed out. So they go to TikTok like, keep it real. Nobody will hire you. Dog, I don't, I make more money right here without dealing with soft cats like you. (laughs) That's what you don't get. And I don't want to coach soft kids like TikTokers. That is who it is now. I would be coaching TikTokers. Let that sound off. Let that resonate real quick with you guys. Coach JB coached TikTokers. Does that even sound right? Does that even sound like it would come out with a positive outcome? (laughs) Alan, do you think that would work? Let you let me send you some highlights. What are you sending me highlights of? What are you sending me highlights of? <laughs> no, there's a difference. See, I'm not on TikTok. I'm on TikTok live. You're on TikTok watching me live. There is a huge difference. Lobia. <laughs> um by the way, my phone's dying, man. Uh, my phone's dying. Hey, come on over to YouTube. Come on over to YouTube, man, and uh, come get the real, the real. Hey, TikTok, um, don't be scared. I won't scare you anymore. Boo! Oh, you mother jump. <laughs> um, I got the side angle cracking. Woo! Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. We got the side angle. Uh, we got it all short, fat, skinny, and tall. You get to see the screens, the back shot. Look at that. Damn. Uh, man, Brian, I, I, I'm so, I'm always on my phone, man. Even through the night, you can see me. I'm, I'm doing stuff at two, three in the morning, knowing I got to be up at four. Um, so my phone is always, I mean, I'm the worst charging phone, man. I'm war. I'm the worst. Um, Meek Mill. I got to get into this Meek Mill business. <sighs> Patriots owner Robert Kraft said Meek Mill texted him three or four days ago saying Lamar Jackson wanted to come to New England. Kraft responded that would be a Bill Belichick's decision. Um, I don't I don't sleep, Brian. I don't sleep. Uh, the Meek Mill thing's very interesting. The, the Meek Mill thing's very interesting to me. Um, these players want to be rappers 
Um, these rappers want to be athletes. Why do we have such an issue identifying who we really are? Why do we have such a issue identifying who we really are? Like, dog, I mean, let's be real. All these players want to be rappers. All these rappers want to be athletes. You see them in NBA All-Star Weekend. You got all the rappers out there trying to hoop. They're god-awful. They're all out there trying to hoop, think they really can hoop. Uh, I mean, you got, you got J. Cole actually in a league. I understand the culture, right? This show is all about culture, life, sports. We talk it all. Short, fast, skinny, and tall. I get it. The hip-hop culture, the entertainment world, the professional athlete world, it all ties in. I get all that. I get all that. I'm not saying it doesn't. But I believe there's a true identity crisis. You already know about made-up humans. We already know about made-up humans. So we already know there's a huge identity crisis right there. We just saw the Nashville shooting we already know there's a huge identity crisis there. Let's not even get into that. But, dog, you made it, Meek Mill. You made it, uh, J. Cole. Do, stay in your lane. Go watch the game. Be on the sideline. Chill. Chill with the players, whatever. But, dog, you're not a player. And, dog, Lamar Jackson, you're not a rapper. But that is why we got these cross-coaching errors that I like to call cross-coaching. Don't cross-coach. What does cross-coach mean, coach? That means I don't want my DB coach telling my receiver how to run a route at practice. I don't want my linebacker coach telling my offensive tackle how to get out of kick step. I don't want cross coaching. And it, it creates bad juju. What we're seeing right now. We're seeing athletes trying to be rappers. What do they do? They got a strap in the club. They got IG models popping ass on them. They doing all this stuff. What are the what are the what are the rappers doing? The rappers out here starting up leagues, trying to play hoop and trying to go out and say that they can play football. I, dog, just stay in your lane. We'd be better off. But Nick Mill now is is he representing Lamar Jackson? Like I'm confused. Are you representing Lamar Jackson? <laughs> I mean, are you an agent? You got your athletic cert, uh, uh, certification to represent? Like, last time I checked, you don't. But here's the thing. If Lamar Jackson is, is, is listening to Meek Mill now, I couldn't even tell you what Meek Mill sang, dog, what, he, what songs Meek Mill has. I don't know anything about these dudes. Dolph Lundgren or Lil Dolph or whatever. You, you cats are calling Lil Dolph uh, OG. Or whatever his name is. I don't know his name. Brian Case knows his name. Uh, all these rappers, dog, I don't want to know their name. 
Just think about it. Panda, panda, all these old cats. I don't even understand what you're saying. You think I want to listen to you represent me in front of an NFL owner? <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, young Dolph. Young Dolph. Like, I don't even want to say his name, Liz. I, what is it? What do you guys say? Uh, it's cringe. It's cringe. I'm cringe or whatever. Even saying this name, Young Dolph. Uh, man, you Dolph Lundgren mess with me. Dolph Lundgren. Shoot. Shoot. I don't know his name, Lucy. Dolph Lundgren. Shoot. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't want to hear Panda Panda. Panda, panda. I, like, dog, mediocrity, the new excellence. You think panda, panda is a legitimate dropped, like, that's bar, that's bars. Panda, panda, he got bars. <laughs> Man, you better go listen to Dan. You better go listen to Rock Kim talking about bars. Panda, panda. Oh, man. It blows my mind, dog. Some of the mediocrity that is your excellence is just unbelievable. I can't fathom it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I spilled hand sanitizer all over. I got jacked off an elephant. Um, I can't do it. Brian Martinez, Lakers better or worse with LeBron coming back? I think they're worse. <laughs> As is my opinion, I think they're worse. Um, I got to get into this real quick. Since we're talking Lamar, we're talking owners, we're talking good old boy network, we're talking all the things Magic Johnson may buy uh, into the commanders. Take a listen to uh, Goodell and the back and forth rhetoric here uh, with this. Uh, Jim Trotter, NFL Media. Jim Trotter. Um, you and other league officials have said that the league's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion extend beyond the sidelines and beyond the front offices and is applied to all aspects of the company. I've worked at NFL Media for five years. During those five years, we have never had a black person in senior management in our newsroom. That's a problem because we cover a league who, according to league data, the player population is 60 to 70% black, which means that there is no one who looks like these players at the table when decisions are being made about how they are covered. More concerning is that for a year plus now, we have never had a full-time black employee on the news desk, which again is a problem because we cover a league whose player population is 60 to 70% black according to league data. I asked you about these things last year and what you told me is that the league had fallen short and you were going to review all of your policies and practices to try and improve this. And yet a year later, nothing has changed. You know, James Baldwin once said that I can't believe what you say because I see what you do. And so I would ask you as an employee, when are we in the newsroom going to have a black person in senior management? And when will we have a full-time black employee on the news desk? Well, Jim, um, I am not in charge of the newsroom. Um, so I, what I think the, the can I answer your question? As you point out, it's the same question you asked last year. 
And we did go back, and we have reviewed everything we've been doing across the league. And we are looking at everything from vendors that we're working with to partners that we're working with to ownership where we've seen significant changes in diversity just this year. And I'm not specific, do not know specifically about the media business. We'll check. Here, here, that's enough of that for me. But this, here's the thing, though. It goes to coaching. I've been saying it forever. The best coach should get the job. We didn't used to hire based on color or race or creed or gender back in the day. Gender, maybe, because it was mostly a man's man's league, right? That's just what it was. We call it the men's league. That's what we used to call it. Because um, women didn't play football back when I was growing up. Now they do. Okay, I get it. But let me be honest. The best man got the job. We didn't even care about color. I don't know why they keep bringing up color when the facts of the matter is, who are the guys getting hired? I'm very, very curious is why I showed that clip as to what happens with Magic Johnson and the Washington Commanders. I want to see how this thing unfolds because... Magic's never been in the NFL organization. He's done other things in, in, in professional sports. He hasn't ran an NFL organization or been a part of. I think he's just a figurehead of this thing. I don't believe he's going to be calling the shots. But having said that, we don't hire anymore based on who's the best person. We now hire on if you check the boxes. Are you a black man? Are you a white girl? Are you a black woman? Are you lesbian? Are you LGBTQ? Are you a made up human? That is how we hire now because it is mediocrity is the new excellence. We don't hire off of a dude's resume no more. We hire off of boxes being checked. Like period. If I walked in and an LGBTQ guy walks in. I'm just telling you right now, dog. I don't check the boxes. He does. I'm probably not getting the gig. <laughs> that is what we're watching today right now. I'm just being honest. That is what it is right now. So without further ado, I got to bring in Matt McChesney to talk about all these NFL rule changes. Uh, make sure you uh, pound the like button. Subscribe, become a member, head on over to 60 Academy, check it out. Make sure you're following Matt on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. His TikTok's blowing up. Uh, Matt McChesney joins in. Uh, Matt, what up? Good morning. How are you? Good. I got a uh, I got a seven second delay now on the show. So as soon as you cuss, uh, it, it goes back seven seconds. It cuts you out. Um, <laughs> I don't really. I wish I had that though. I would. I would love to do it. Uh, I told Steve That's Kim. Crazy. Hey, good. hey, how about this? I think you and Steve Kim have talked and got and and are in, are in collusion against me. Steve Kim don't ever cuss. Yesterday he says shit, and I'm like, really? Yeah. Great job. Appreciate you guys. Hey, we're 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 trying to support this no cussing thing. Thanks. <laughs> you know what? You, have you seen the movie Forty Days and Forty Nights? Oh, yeah, it's a great movie. That's who you are. I'm the guy that hasn't busted a nut in I don't know how long, 
and you're just throwing ass at me every day. <laughs> well, I'm and your I'm friend. Like, oh, I, I, gotta can't, help you. I can't. I can't. So are you like, when you get off the, the show, do you just go into a cursing rampage? Peer pressure, dog. Peer pressure. Um, so I, was, I was on TikTok earlier this morning and one of your old uh, last, last chance use came up. And it was the one where you were talking about this. He's a great American poet. E-40. <laughs> Hey, how about how about these kids are using all my clips? Making I don't know if they're making money or what, but they're getting like one of them had twelve point eight million views. Like, hold up, dog, what's going on yeah. with this, bro? Bro, I had some stuff posted like two weeks ago, or even last week that had like ten million views, and they didn't even tag me. I was like, dog, come on, it, it's unbelievable. So, all right, man, I got to get into this. All this stuff that's going on here. We got a lot going on here. Uh, the mm-hmm. NFL rules. I got to ask you that first because you played seven years. Uh, I want to get your take. I kind of predicted what you would say earlier in the show. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Man, oh, uh, good, dog. They did a good job. Oh, my, my, my boys up at uh, Chris Barbershop up here in Denver. Did a good job, dog. Damn, it's a good looking fade. It, it looks like good dog shit. Forty one, looking drippy. Wow. Yeah, drippy. dog. Drippy. That's a today. <laughs> I thought I thought I shut TikTok off. Um, yeah, they're gonna ban it apparently. Are they really? No. <laughs> I know. Banning that shit. No. Um. All right. Let me ask you this real quick. Um. The NFL rule changes came in yesterday. They had four rule uh, proposals. Number one was number zero can be worn by any player except O-line and D-line. Um, let's what? talk about that first. O-line what? and D-line can't wear zero? No. Well, why? Because we'll look too fat? I don't know. I think it looks sexy, but I don't know. I mean, zero on a nose tackle would be like the best number ever. I know. Be back to like Notre Dame. Remember when he was wearing one? <laughs> Remember Lavar Arrington wore eleven. I thought it was the dopest stuff ever. I was like, "Wow, that's dope, dude." Okay, if 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 Vince uh, Wilfork wore zero, do you think he'd look like a huge belly button? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know, dog. I don't know if I want to see zero in a fat guy because it might not look sexy. Oh, dude, in an all-white uniform with zero. Man, that would be okay. So they're probably doing us a service here. Um, but yeah, I don't have a problem with this. Zero is a good number. It is a number. I mean, sooner or later, we're going to have guys in negative numbers and like <laughs> ne- negative 47 and a half, point eight. Like, it's my favorite number. You know, that, that's, that's the, my that's point. The temperature was when I was conceived up in Nova Scotia or something. <laughs> that's my point. Uh, uh, I I just like dog. What is enough? Are we gonna have negative numbers? Exactly my point. Like, what are we? What is enough? Yeah. Here? It's never enough. To me, like Matt, I don't know if it, about you. I'm a coach. I don't want you in zero. I want you to be a hero, not a zero. I well, don't know. I don't want my safety to wear number zero. I'm just like I don't know. That's just me, man. I guess football. Look, zero zero is a. Yeah. Now that you say that, I I got to think about this. I don't. I don't really like the number zero. That's a good point. 
you can get a lot of you can get a lot of crap talked to you if you're wearing number zero. But number single digit numbers are pretty. What's the worst single digit number? One through nine. Like what? One is awesome. Two is is the cleanest number maybe ever. Three is. Eh. Uh, Four is good for quarterbacks and corners. Let me ask you this: What's your take on Dion's talk about the numbers and all that? Because here's my thing. I actually like what he said. Uh, I said the exact same thing on Netflix, but here's the difference. When you're recruiting Juco and you have to get the best players twice, what I mean by twice is I got to get the same elite skill guys on offense as I do on defense. So I created double numbers. I started doing that in 06 when I was a head coach at Compton College. I created one through nine on offense, one through nine on defense. They could play special teams, but they couldn't be on the same side of the ball together with the same number. But one through nine, people wanted one through nine. So guess what? My best one through nine on defense got one through nine. My best one through nine on offense got one through nine. And that was a recruiting ploy, recruiting pitch. I was kind of ahead of the game on that. Um, now you see it quite a bit. Um, what's your take with Dion saying, I don't want to give away one through nine twice, and I don't want guys to use number one that play defensive end when I know I can't get the top corner to wear number one? Um, I think big guys should understand that those numbers are not for us and stop trying to play that game. Like just, you, you can wear any number, but not one through 10. If you're a defensive or an offensive lineman, if you're an offensive lineman. We're stuck between 50 and 79 period. And if you're a defensive lineman, you better be a bad MF -er if you're anywhere from 10 to 20. And then if you're a, an offensive lineman number as a defensive lineman, Right here, baby, the big 6-0. That's another thing. And then usually D linemen are 70 to 70 to 79 and then 90 to 99. So I like that personally. I don't I hate defensive linemen with like 27. I think it looks ridiculous. So I don't look, I don't think we should have double numbers at the power five. I don't want somebody else to wear 60. I wanted that number when I walked in and I wore it all through high school and I wore it in the league and it's my number and I'm going to fight for it. So the, the skill players that all want to wear number one, I agree wholeheartedly with Dion. You want to wear number one, you better be the guy you want to wear. Number two, you want to wear Woodson's number. You got to be the guy. Like there's no double numbers. There's no, you have to do it in Juco to recruit. I don't think you have to do it at the power five to recruit. I think that, We'll put it like this. If you're recruiting a kid and that kid says, I won't come to your school unless you give me this jersey number, I don't want that kid at my school. Like, dog, you won't even earn it. You won't wear an ugly number as a freshman to earn that number as a junior and as a, and a, and a senior. I mean, you got to – well, these these, cha these changes in view are killing me. You've got to uh, earn that number. You can't walk in somewhere and just, I'm going to wear number one. I mean, come on, dog. Uh, ben Kelly wore one at CU like uh, Damian Wheeler wore number two like there's there's dudes that have worn that number at that place and it, it's just it's not going to you can't just walk in and demand the number so I dig it I will say this though when the first thing he says is I'm bringing my luggage and my quarterback and then you say you have to earn it well does the quarterback have to earn it that'd be my only question I said the same thing uh I got, yeah, new, I got, a, new, cam I got new cameras now, man. I'm all excited, dog. You dig it, man. It's like it's a it's like a good uh 
is porn a bad word? There's no bad angles. There actually is a bad angle in porn. No, there's not. You know which one it is? It's just gross, It's but it's still cool. I don't know, man. The guy like the... The guy with like the hairy ass, I'm not trying to see him bent over the girl and, and that's the vision. That's what I see. I don't want to see you. I want to see the girl. I don't want to see you. Um, yeah. But there, <laughs> we're, nah, we kidding. need to get off of this conversation. Let's yeah, go I'm a different gonna, direction. Yeah, let's take a left. NFL, NFL, rule uh, <laughs> NFL rule changes. NFL rule changes. Let me ask you this. All right, here, here, I gotta get to uh, former NFL players' takes that we always talk about this. Oh Jesus! Teams can now play twice on Thursday night. Um, Patrick Mahomes put up this emoji, the slap the face emoji. Now we gotta play twice on Thursday night. Um, He's kind of mad. Roger Goodell came and said, "I don't think we're putting Amazon over our players. I absolutely think you're a liar." I know for a fact Amazon's over your players. That is the money. Um, you played on Thursdays. People say that they like the 10 days off after the game. Some people say we don't like Thursdays because we're coming off of a Sunday. What do you think, and is it okay that it is completely a money grab that the Chiefs, you know damn well, are going to play twice on Thursday? You know the Bills will play twice this year on Thursday. You know probably the Niners. I don't know who else. Maybe the Jets with Aaron Rodgers will play That's twice. Right, baby. Jets, baby, watch out. Um, look, I, uh, I'm, I have two feelings about this. Number one, is it a quick turnaround? Yeah, but it's not the era of football that I played in. So you're not really practicing. You don't have a full pad of practice in there. You play Sunday. You get on a plane. You come home. You get off the plane. It's Monday morning. You chill, you watch meetings, you recover. Tuesday's a walkthrough. You chill, you watch meetings, you recover, you get ready. Wednesday's a walkthrough. You chill, you get on a plane, you go play a game, and then you have 10 days off. I'm with that. I'm with it. I think it's a great idea. I I think that the average NFL player doesn't care, and I think that the superstar NFL player only complains because they can. Does that make sense? Like... If there was no social media, they wouldn't moan about this because they wouldn't have a platform to do it. They would just go do it. And because they have a platform to complain about it, they do. So football is football. Whether it's played on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, it's going to be taxing and you're going to be tired afterwards. And they want their games on TV. And Thursday night's a big draw. I mean, name a name. regardless of the game, we could be watching Jacksonville-Houston week 14 with either neither team going to the playoffs, and we're watching. So the NFL is looking at how to maximize their product and get their people on TV. My problem with this is the Amazon thing. I thought, like, I, I have really good internet, and, like, things do not pause in my house ever. And the Amazon stream was a terrible. I oh, mean, it was not awful. It was, I, it was really far behind. Like, oh, the my phone was like a minute and a half faster than the one on my TV. So it it's it makes it impossible to prop bet if you want to. But at the same time, I just 
the NFL saying that they want more eyes on their product, but they're going towards Amazon, which makes it more exclusive. Like it makes people not be able to watch it. Not, it doesn't get more eyes on it. It makes it more of a, well, if you can't afford an Amazon subscription, you can't watch the NFL. That sucks, bro. As an NFL fan, as just a regular Joe out here, a working guy who's busting his ass for his bread and is on a budget, you know, balling on a budget, it's like that's an extra expense just to watch a football game. Most people are going to be like, man, I'm with, I'm not with this. I'm not doing it. So it's the NFL needs to be careful that they're not overextending themselves. Like, I know you're really popular, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that are fed up with your money grab BS. Yeah, that was the second rule. Number zero being one, two playing Thursdays. Um, and then Mahomes gets on Twitter. Goodell back, back, fires back. All right, there's two more rules. The NFL has approved just one roster cut down, meaning teams will trim rosters from 90 to 53 after the final preseason game. So this year, Matt, the date to mark on your calendar is August 29th, 2023. Over 1,000 cats will be cut that day. Over 1,000 dudes. Um, it's not a fun day. What do you think about that? So now here's here's a coaching perspective. I'm going to give you the coaches one. I want you to play the player's advocate. I'm going to play the coaches one. Okay. I got to evaluate you longer. I can evaluate you longer now. Okay, yippee-yay. I get you for four weeks now compared to one week and cut you, two weeks and cut you, three weeks and cut you. As we see on Hard Knocks, we're cutting as the weeks go. Now I get to keep you for four weeks. I'm going to be honest. I already know if Matt McChesney can play week one. I think it's doing a disservice to the players that are on the low end of the totem pole that I now, as a coach with a heart, with some type of morale or character, I'm going to call the Jets now if I'm the Giants and say, hey, dog, Matt McChesney is probably not going to make my roster, but I know I have to keep him for four more weeks. Can you keep an eye out for him? Now I got to get proactive as a coach and do that and keep you for four weeks. Um, I don't know if I like it because I think the player is at a disadvantage now in a player-driven league. I think the player now on August 29th that gets cut, you basically have an agent that has to go get you a job within two or three days to go learn a new playbook to make a new roster by the next week because you kick off next week. Week one of the NFL season is a week after cuts. I don't know if I like it compared to how it is right now. Um, as a guy who's been in this situation, it's it's awful both ways. But you do know. The player knows. The coaches know. Everybody knows who's getting cut. Unless somebody gets hurt, you know who's getting cut. Uh, you know by the time your mandatory minicamp ends. You're just employed by them and you can't leave. And you're hoping, and this is bad. I hate that I'm going to say this, but there's hope in your heart that someone in front of you goes down. I know. And that sucks. That's the worst part about the NFL. It's the worst part about football. It's, I love my teammates, but I can't wait till this son of a bitch in front of me gets hurt so I can take his job. And Doggy dog world. And that, that sucks, but that's the way it is, man. That's what the NFL has created. And this, you want to know how you fix this stupid problem? You expand the rosters. I know, 65 at least. Like, go to 65 plus 10, plus 10 practice team guys, and then we can actually get stuff done in practice, and we can actually run full units. And if people are hurt, you can step in, and you don't have to go to the waiver wire and, like, 
you know, sell your soul to get some veteran that got cut that you don't want. You can just bring up one of your young guys. That makes a lot of sense to me, but the NFL is so damn cheap and they pinch pennies so bad while they're tax exempt, by the way, keep that shit in mind. Um, with no universal health care for their players post-career or any of that. They're so cheap that they they like this. They like small rosters. They like exclusivity where they can just say, well, we don't have enough jobs this week. You know, I'd, we'll keep you on the list for next week workout. So the amount of players, bro, you turn on the XFL. I was watching this Vegas Vipers game the other day, and the pass rusher for the Vipers, who wears number zero actually, was eating people's lunch. And I was like, how does this dude not have a job? He looks like Tarzan. He's killing people. He's turning the corner. It's just a matter of which of what, what scout liked him first. And he got into a camp. And then what coach was like, oh, I like him. The other coach was like, I don't like him. And then he got cut. And now he doesn't have a job. So there's. A, I like that there's more opportunity in the lower levels. But I, they, they need to expand rosters if they're going to continue down this road. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... All one day cuts are tough. Um, that's going to be that. That's not good for the coaches either. No, that's more worse. I, I, I that's Bro, bad. What, 40 guys in one day. And, just and, sit there and like shake hands and be like, I love you. Good to see. Like, you know how many fake I love you and daps are going to go in that room that day? That's not good. I know. And, it, and, it's, and it's, it's not good either because I, I'm wondering though, inside that rule, Matt, if, if day five, Matt McChesney, you're not. I know I got to get rid of you today because I need another guy to come in. Uh, can I can I make moves and bring in guys during this four week process? Is what I want to know. Well, you're gonna have to. They're gonna have to keep cutting and bringing guys in because if they don't like somebody, they just cut them and bring somebody in to fill numbers. So they're gonna yeah. absolutely they're gonna keep doing that. Yeah, well, I think the 53 man roster is on, is the only rule that matters on August 29th. I think that final cuts are just all in one day. But you can cut guys periodically and bring guys in, I believe. Uh, uh, I always, and I figured this out the hard way, but my second year, uh, I you you make it till 7 p.m., you make the team. So I was like, it was like 7.15, and I was like, hey, I'm on the team. This is awesome. And I walked in Monday morning, and they're like, bring your playbook up to the top. And I was like, I just made the team. And they're like, yeah, it doesn't work like that. It's a, it's a day-by-day, week-by-week league. And I'm like, yeah. Damn it! <laughs> hey, I was on a practice squad. It was week to week. Every Wednesday, if you get if you get a check, you get you're you're on another week. If you don't get the check, that's it. You get check mail to you when you go home. Exactly. Um, all right, last rule: NFL owners another Eagles-driven rule. They propose to create a fourth and twenty alternative to the onside kick. Uh, it was not voted down, but it was tabled for discussion later. Um, I got to be honest, I'm totally against it. I think, it, again, it's soft rule. Uh, it is the XFL's doing it right now. They're doing the 4th and 15 thing. Yeah, it's cute and sexy in the XFL. But as a coach, again, and you're a player, I'm just going to take this role with you. Uh, I have I have two NFL teams, the most elite players in the world. We all put our pants on at the same time. We all get a check on the 1st and 15th. We're the elite, best of the best. We're battling each other all game. I'm the better team that day. I have the lead late for you to beat me. I want you to kick an onside kick like it's been for 100 years in the hardest playing football to beat me. I want you to execute it onside. I don't want to put my 
game in the hands of a referee to throw a flag on a fourth and 20 PI and you beat me. I just don't like it. I think it kind of takes the competitive edge away. Um, I like it in the XFL because it's cute, but I don't like it as a coach. I don't want to lose that way if I beat you the whole game and we're two great teams, Matt. I don't want to lose that way on a fourth and 20. We just saw a Super Bowl called. We just saw San Diego State Creighton put his hands in a referee. We just saw this happen with an umpire yesterday, throw a catcher out for not putting the ball in his glove. These guys are egotistical, want everything about them now. I don't want to put it in their hands. Kick it onside and beat me. And I agree. The onside is a is a pure play in football that has changed a little bit through the the years. They've even made it harder, really. Like number of guys on one side, they made it a lot harder. So when you get an onside now, it's like, do you remember that NFC title game with the Packers and the Seahawks when yes. homeboy from the Packers like missed the onside yeah. and Seattle got it and then they won. Yeah. So. That is storybook stuff, bro. That's what football is supposed to be. That is the sitting around going, can you believe what we just saw on that onside? I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. That shit was crazy. Oh, my God. What, right? It, ha- it does That's still it. happen, right, Matt? But it's yeah, just harder. Fourth and 20 is tough, but we can get fourth and 20. Hell, yeah. I just said I, I said I got 20 plays right now in my head. I know, I know fourth and 20 is not optimal, yeah. Matt. It's not an optimal play down and distance that we want to call. But I have 20 calls in my head. Yeah. And then the other thing is, like, on top of the calls and the, everybody doing their jobs, there's holding PI and roughing the passer. So if I'm the quarterback, I might just hold it a little bit longer to induce roughing the passer. If I'm the receiver, I'm going to flail and act like I'm getting held. Like that, and then all of a sudden, what, it's first and five? First and ten? We're on the three-yard line? Like, if we get another play, I'm going to be sitting there on defense like, what in the hell is going on here? This is ridiculous. So, look, I think that the more the NFL caters to the easy, the worse the game's going to get. It's really awesome because it is so damn hard. The only reason this game is worth anything, folks, is because y'all can't do it. That's why. And I'm not trying to talk junk. I'm being real. The only reason it is any good and people watch it and it's as popular as it is, is because nobody can do it. 1% of the 1% and 1% of that get to do it. That's what how it works. It's super hard. It's unbelievably competitive. It is a collision sport. It will beat you down mentally and physically. It will test your morals as a, as a man and as a player. If one minute you'll be the highest of the highs and you think you're going to win a Super Bowl, and the next minute your entire world's destroyed because the other team thinks the same way. So I think what makes football so great is the fact that it is so damn challenging. And that that's what should be catered towards, not how do we make it easier for the fans' enjoyment. No offense, but F the fans, dog. Like, I don't, I don't give a damn what the fans think. It, it's like when... When people are like, well, what do you think about all the comments on TikTok? And I'm like, I don't read comments. I haven't read a comment since I started a social media page. I don't give a shit what anyone says on on TikTok or on your show or anything. I don't read comments ever. I have no idea what people are saying behind the screen because that will affect my ability to do me. Because then I'm going to sit there and go, oh, Johnny in Portland doesn't like what I'm doing. I'm going to change things. I ain't doing that. So the NFL needs to take a page from this book and go, Yo, 
sit there, eat your chips, drink your beer, shut up and enjoy the game. And you know, you're going to, because if they go down this road, JB, all they're going to do is screw it up and make it easier. And people are going to be like, Oh, now the NFL is not fun anymore because it's not hard. Anybody can get this play. I don't even need to watch. I don't know. Somebody in the chat said, make it fourth and 30 because a PI is not an automatic first down. I don't know what rules you. Pass interference is 100% an automatic first down. At the it's start a first down in the CFL. It's a first down in the NFL. I don't know what you're smoking, but give me some. USFL, high school, peewee, everywhere, dog. In Syria, if they had a football league, pass interference is a first down. He said, make it fourth and 30. I said, make it fourth and 90. Fourth and 90, a PI is still a first down. Holy man, some people just love to talk. I'm just gonna tell you right now. You know what I think we should do? Talk. We should make it fourth and 150, bro. We should go out in the parking lot, man, and dodge cars. It'll make it really interesting. And then if anything, we'll just get a penalty, but it's not a talk, it's not a first down. So what would it be? Would it be would it be would it be fourth and ninety-seven? Fourth and ninety-four. <laughs> Dog, it's unbelievable people just talk. I, Matt, I get embarrassed for people that just say stuff. Oh, shit. Don't you realize the rules? Uh, there are rules. This is not Nom. All right, Magic Johnson is in the mix to buying the Commanders. Um, do you like this? He's, he's won a World Series with the Dodgers. He's won a bubble championship with the Lakers. He's won a new soccer league championship and the new team he's built here in LA. He's won everywhere he's been as a player, coach, etc. Michigan State, I mean he's a winner. Do you think that they let him in as part owner? Number 1. And number 2, if he does get in because of his name, do you think that it happens by the draft and it affects the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes? I think Magic going to Washington helps my prediction of Lamar going to Washington. Well, I don't think Daniel Snyder is going to go down without a fight. So today, the rumor came out today or the news comes out today that he's selling. Well, good. Cause he sucks. He's a terrible owner. He's awful. He's won two playoff games in 22 years as the owner. Yeah. And then that I'm not really working about it. Like just on the field, you can be a good owner and your team can just be on the skids and you can be trying. But he's just a bad dude, bro. Like yeah. he, yeah. he got he got money, and he's like, I'm special, and I can do whatever I want. I'm Daniel Snyder, and no, you're just a nerd that got money, and you bought a football team. No one respects you. All the players make fun of you. You charge people for coffee. You're a cheap, you're a cheap penny pinching jerk, and he needs to go. He needs to get out. So I would love Magic to be the the owner of the Commanders. That would be awesome. Maybe he could change the name. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's a great deal. the the more The more real athletes and people that think like us can be in positions of power, the better, bro. Like I'm not even talking about the race thing. Obviously, that's important, but I'm just talking about like like minded dudes. How many owners played? Jerry Jones. Not a lot. Like Jerry Jones is the only one off the top of my head that I can think about that actually played. And he played in Ar- at Arkansas in 1950 when there was segregation. So did he really play? 
If it's all white guys, are you really playing football? No. <laughs> so I tell the high school kids in Denver all the time. I'm like, look, you look good on tape, but all those other guys, they're all bankers, dog. <laughs> so I don't know if you're good or not. <laughs> they're all gonna manage my money. Exactly, dog. They're gonna when I walk into Wells Fargo and I go, what do I do with this check? That's the the DB over there. He's the one that's gonna be like, let me take you to my manager. Big, hey, thanks, son. Didn't you play at Grandview? High five. <laughs> so it's, it, I think it's very important to have people of, at, in authoritative positions that actually know what the people are going through that are, they work for. You know what I'm saying? So it's the people that work for you, when they have a gripe or, or a grievance, they should be able to come to you and talk to you about it and figure it out. And you should have some kind of semblance of what the hell they're talking about not like oh well i'm just a multi-millionaire i've never played sports before and i have no idea what the hell this guy's talking about what is he complaining about i thought this was supposed to be fun well you made your money hedge funding dog i made my money like groundhogging you essentially as an offensive lineman so you know it's 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 a different gig and ultra rich dudes don't think like us like they don't wake up and they're like how do I go hustle today and make my money and this and that problem? They wake up and they're like, they ring their little bell and Belvedere walks in with the towel and the thing. And he's like, you're espresso, sir. And he's like, oh, thank you, Belvedere. Such a beautiful morning. I want to slap the hell out of those people. I hate them. I hate them, bro. I hate them. If you have servants at your house, you suck. You suck. You are lazy. You, you're the kind of person that grub hubs every night for dinner. You're an awful uh, human being. I clean my own house, man. I, I, suck. I, I love cleaning my house. I turn the music on. Roll, dude. And I get to find money and like them. Like, I lost this. I didn't lose it. Awesome. <laughs> if I hire someone to find my house, they get to find the money that I forgot I stashed there. You get to find condoms and stuff. Oh, condoms. Uh, those. <laughs> Hey, is, are condoms a lost art? I I don't know, dog. I mean, look. Ru, ru, you don't ever hear about condoms? Do you ever hear about condoms anymore? I don't hear I about them. I have the worst saying on earth for this that I'm not going to say on your show. But I'll text it to you when we get done what condoms are for. Um, <laughs> I know what they're for. I know what they're for, too. You say it. It's your I show. used to tell my players their daddy should have did something. My coach in college used to always say, make sure when you take off the rubber, you tie it off and drop it in the toilet. <laughs> and we'd be sitting there like, why? And he'd be like, you can't put anything past him. And I'd be like, God almighty, coach. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Now my daddy said, kind of take all the fun away. But look, I, how did we get on this talk? I don't know, but I... Oh, I have to talk about condom use. You I, talk about condom use. <laughs> I used to rather... I used to, to talk about condom use. Let's go with that one. Uh, Steve, I'm trying to turn over a leaf here. Jar. I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. Uh, I have a cuss jar over here. I have a cuss jar. I'm going to put it right here. Well, we haven't said one F word the whole show. I'm so proud no, of you. I, I know. I, I can't grab. Matt is my... Matt be mainstream media. That is what it is. Me and Matt are going to be on a show one day, and then we're going to yeah. probably argue about Patrick Mahomes. We're probably going to drop an F bomb and get kicked off. And be done. <laughs> hey, did hey. you see that JB show? Yeah, it was on for a week. 
And then Matt and JB got mad at each other and yelled MF already. Then now they're back on their back streaming. <laughs> YouTube. Um, all right. I got to ask you before you get out of here. The There's a lot going on. Uh, Arthur Blanks came out and basically said, Lamar, we're not interested because you're not healthy long enough and your style oh, of play. Idiot. I know. Uh, so that's happened. Um, the Falcons said Desmond Ritter's their starter. The oh, Washington said Sam, Sam Howell's their starter. I yeah, am very is. confused. I know I say mediocrity is the new excellence, Matt. But, I mean, these quarterbacks are atrocious, and I just don't know how you're going to build a roster around these guys. I'll say this, bro. The next time I hear a coach or a GM say, we are doing everything humanly possible to win, and we're turning over every stone, and we'll bring in any player that can help us, I am waving the flag of BS. I am waving it. Like, I'm on top of the mountain, and we just won the revolution, bro. That is the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. They are penny-pinching. They don't want to pay him. They'd rather lose and have an inept quarterback than pay that salary, which I can't believe that. I thought this league was all about winning. I didn't think that they were actually penny-pinching behind the scenes and trying to get people to go to the games. If I'm If I'm the Falcons... If I'm a Falcon fan in Atlanta with that super inept franchise that can't get anything right and never has, let's be real. They drafted Deion Sanders, let him leave. They screwed up Michael Vick. They couldn't find anybody to just sit Vick down and say, what are you doing? They knew what he was doing, and they still didn't say anything. Arthur Blank knew and didn't say anything. So they they screwed up Matt Ryan. They screwed up 28-3. to They constantly do this. They're the, they, the Falcons fumble on themselves constantly. And now, Mr. Like Mr. Electric Lamar Jackson's available, and you're going to tell the people in Atlanta that you're going to ride with Desmond Ritter? It, do you understand how explosive the addition of Lamar Jackson would be to the community of Atlanta, including the team and everything, just everything? The entire community will be like, holy hell, we got Lamar Jackson – it will totally it will you're immediately at front running of the of the south you, you compete with new orleans and car and i probably uh, i'd say atlanta will probably beat them at that point <clears throat> so i think it's ridiculous and look the commanders are ridiculous for doing this everybody that doesn't have a good quarterback or a subpar quarterback and they're not beating the doors down trying to figure this out at least send a, a an email or a text message or something like hey what's it going to take you don't want to win, bro. Your your job and your your fan base. I mean, let's be real. What there's six teams next year that have a chance to win a title, maybe. Let's maybe. be real, dog. If there there's 14 teams getting into the playoffs, eight of those teams out of the 14 have no shot. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe four. I don't hey, know. you think the Seahawks could have won a Super Bowl last year? No way. The Chargers, give me a break, dog. Come on. Uh, the Seahawks got Bobby Wagner back. Big or, or not not so big? Look, I love Bobby Wagner. I think he's an awesome player, but he probably should have never left Seattle. I mean, I'm sure he regrets it, but it's good that he's going home. I mean, the, the one-year hiatus in, in L.A., he actually played his ass off last year. And like well, LA's, oh, LA's was, home, but I get what you're saying. Well, yeah, but he's been in Seattle forever. I, I, I know that his off-season home is L.A. I'm saying – 
for last year when he signed with the Rams, everyone was like, hey, this is a great signing, you know, if he can stay healthy. And then he started every game and led the team in tackles. And then they didn't have a spot for him anymore because they're trying to figure out what they're doing down there from a salary cap perspective. Seattle brought him back with open arms. Would they give him a one-year deal or two? I think one. One year. So it's a he comes back for a year and it's a farewell, it's a farewell tour. Yeah, no doubt. Um, as you leave, Matt, I want to bring in Chase Sr. real quick and ask you both something. Uh, Chase, what up? What up, Yo, it's good. Hey, I don't <laughs> What's happening? Captain of the green screen. What up, C? <laughs> What's going on? Hey, My cold plunge brother. No, I found uh, uh, Christianity or whatever I found. I don't know. Um, go? <laughs> just kidding. I did not find that. But uh, <laughs> I, wanted, I want to ask you, Chase, the uh, leading rushers in the NFL since 2018 uh, are Derrick Henry, number one, Nick Chubb, number two, and Ezekiel Elliott, number three. I say that name because he wants to be an eagle or a jet from my, the rumors that I'm hearing. Uh, I like him in the Jets. I don't like him at the Eagles. Fight me on that. Yeah, I think the Bengals were mentioned there too as one of his top three destinations. And for the Eagles, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense because right now they have Kenny Gainwell, who's the leading rusher in the playoffs. They signed Rashad Penny, and if he's able to stay healthy, he's a really good back. They brought back Boston Scott, who every time he's on the field against the Giants, he thrashes them and gives them special teams ability. They're paying those three backs a combined $2.5 million. So I think that they want to continue to be very – financially savvy at that position to open up some money and dollars to pay elsewhere at more positions of need. And for Ezekiel Elliott, like I don't think that he's a feature back any longer, but can he go into this next phase of his career as a LeGarrette Blunt type? And LeGarrette Blunt was a winning player who was really productive as a guy who was utilized in short yardage situations as a smart and savvy player who was a good pass blocker, who gave you that level of physicality. And let's be real about Zeke. His days as a number one back are probably done. He's still been very productive, though, in getting the ball in the end zone. If you look at his touchdown numbers over the last several years and really throughout his career, he's very good in that area. He's also really good on short yardage situations. And last year, he didn't like give up a sack in pass protection. So he does give you value there. Now, with the Jets, I kind of like it, JB, because you have Brees Hall. He's coming off that injury. If you have Zeke as that backup running back, I think he's better suited as a number two. And if you have Aaron Rodgers on the field, then he kind of wants to play around some of those veterans. And that offensive line, a little bit spotty with New York, you have Zeke to kind of pass protect back there. It gives him that security blanket. Man, I like Zeke in New York because he's a, he'll give him that mentorship, leadership, and that old school kind of, listen, this is how it's done, even though I know I'm not the starter. So you, I don't know if I want Zeke leading the running back room. Uh, that's another <laughs> point I brought up earlier. I don't know if, I, like, if you're going to say he's going to come in there and be the veteran leader, what's he going to teach him how to do? Eat chicken wings, play with a massive towel, run slow, fumble, look terrible, get paid too much, and be a bust? Like, I'm sorry, but Ezekiel Elliott, for all that hype, did not turn into an all-time great Cowboys running back. He's now looking for a job, let's be real. So, do I think he could be a short yards benefit? Yeah, I do. But, bro, let me be real here. If you're a running back and you can't get a yard, you're cut. You're cut. You're cut. They're a dime a dozen. You're cut, bro. You're cut. 
Chase just said it. There's three dudes in Philly that are making a combined $2.4 million. Like, let, let's be real. The position is not a, uh, like a need position. It is a, if we want Zeke, we'll bring him in. But I can get a, a guy coming out of college that can do exactly what he can do that's not that's not going to cost anything that will probably be more, more like, sincere about his opportunity and be like, God, I can't believe that they gave me this opportunity. I'm an undrafted rookie or a seventh rounder. I'm so thankful to be here. I'm sorry, bro, but Zeke has the, I'm the fourth pick in the draft and I deserve this and I deserve that. And I hate that mentality. I hate it. So I, I don't, if you're going to tell me the Jets are going to bring in Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham and Ezekiel Elliott, we're going to go seven and 10. Hey, 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 Chase, I, I don't know if you could bring them in either. Like you just stated, you got these backs. Uh, I know they have a couple other neat areas, but they're in the mix of signing Jalen Hurts long-term or at least giving them a new deal. Are they trying to get that done now, or are they going to tag them and wait, or what's the deal? Yeah, they're definitely not going to tag him. They're going to give him a contract extension, and really it's a race to see who sets the market between him, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert. Whoever gets that first contract, I believe, it's going to be a trickle-down effect, and it's going to lead to another quarterback getting paid, and then that salary is going to be somewhere in that neighborhood. I have a question. What's up? And this is the last thing I'll ask before I get off. And to both of you, to Chase and to JB, when are the quarterbacks going to realize that their $60 million contracts are destroying the football teams and realize that they don't need that much money every year to win? Look at the Dallas Cowboys with it, Dak Prescott. Exactly. This is what I'm talking about. Like yeah. it's it. I feel like these quarterback contracts eventually are going to be crippling franchises where they can't do anything but sign a damn quarterback and a bunch of dudes. And then it's all on your quarterback. And I, I, I just don't think football's that way. Like I don't, I also don't think that you need to have disparity in the locker room where a linebacker that has been playing for 12 years is making 1 million a year. And a quarterback who's been here for four years is making 50. I'm sorry, but in the locker room, everyone, if that quarterback's not the league MVP, I'm going to sit back and be like, why is this chump making $50 million? And there's going to be massive resentment in the room. I just, I just brought that up, Matt. Before like, you think that NIL resentment is real, go into an NFL locker room and see somebody open a check for $30 million and see some, somebody open a check for 30000 and see when the guy making $30 million goes, Ugh, this isn't good enough. And the guy making 30000 goes, what are you out of your mind? And there's massive discourse there. So I just, these young quarterbacks, bro, like if you want to keep three receivers in Cincinnati and multiple running backs and a good, and like you want to sign offensive linemen every year and get Orlando Brown and you want Hendricks to come from new Orleans and you want to sign defensive players and you can't have a $65 million contract, Joe. So I guess that's my question is, are you going to take 40 million so we can build a team and you can be the quarterback here for 15 years like Tom Brady did? Everyone forgets that. Everyone forgets that Tom Brady took middle-of-the-road quarterback money his entire damn career so the Patriots could go out and outspend people and bring in Harrison and Moss and you know God knows how many other people. So it, it, this like money grab by the quarterback position, it's never been new but this, the numbers that are getting involved are ridiculous, dog. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Lamar uh, Jackson can't get paid, but now Jalen Hurts is up for contract. I'm sorry, NFL, but you're a little bit too full of crap for me on this one, bro. And I'll be honest, Chase, 
We're paying a lot of mediocre guys, in my opinion. We're not even that, paying. That's the thing. There's the other thing. These guys are not as good as they think they are. That everyone, the era that they're playing in is the worst era in history. You can't touch anyone. You can't touch them. Like you can't hit them at all. You can't breathe on them. The old school quarterbacks got pounded and they still did their jobs. Yeah. I mean, what matters the most for a quarterback? It's winning Super Bowls, right? That's what your legacy comes down to. So really, when you dumb it down, like what's the difference between 30 and $40 million, right? If you're taking 30 mil per year as compared to 40 or 50, and then you're able to spread that money out to other players to have your, to give yourself a better chance to win a Super Bowl, then that's probably the route that I would go. And I know it's easy for me to say, but I want to win games. And I think what Tom Brady did was really smart. He's so marketable. And as a quarterback, you're very marketable. So you can land all these sponsorships for Tom Brady. He has the Brady brand now. He has the TB12 method, the TB12 brand. He's able to make money in all those other areas. For Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, like tap into that. Tap into your marketability. Make money elsewhere. And then take a little bit less money because at the end of the day, aren't you going to be unhappy for not winning games anyway? Don't you want to be thrown to an A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and then maybe if you draft Bijan Robinson, you have him under team control for the next four to five years as compared to having, you know, a couple of guys who are just middle of the pack guys that put more pressure on you to succeed and they don't give you as good of a chance to win. So I, I agree. I agree. I don't know, Chase and Matt. I don't know if they are as mad as they, as we once were when they don't win games. They're worried about chasing the bag. You're not really worried about what Super Bowl they are. Depends on who it is, though. Depends on who it is. Like Brady wanted to win. And that's all that he yeah, cared about. Yeah. That's why he took less money, you know? Hey, now, though, Brady wanted to win so bad he got rid of a supermodel. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me if Hurts takes a little bit less. He's kind of got that mentality. Coach's son, grinder, um, cool, calm, and collected always. And he said, like, I love playing on this squad because we're so stacked. So I'm actually fascinated to see if Hurts does take a little bit less. Wouldn't shock well, me. Well, let's be real, too, and then, then I'll shut up. If you're say you make $35 million a year for five years as a quarterback, okay? Great job. If you are not parlaying that $35 million a year times five into investment opportunities and rental properties and apartment buildings and pizza huts or whatever, you're not doing the Shaquille O'Neal road of finance here. You're a moron. And you deserve to be broke when you're done. <laughs> so, like Gronkowski is the is the 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 epitome of of like the meathead football player, but behind the scenes, he's a pretty smart businessman. He didn't yeah. spend any of his contract money through his NFL his NFL career. None of it, not one dime. It all just went to to investment opportunities and whatnot. And all he did was live off endorsements, and he lived plenty good. Trust me. So. Chasing the bag does not always mean it's going to end with rings. Usually it ends with people wondering why the hell you got all that money. So I'll be back tomorrow. I appreciate you. Later. Um, all right, Chase, I got uh, I got all these new angles now, man. I got like side angles. I got Let's like, go. look at that. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, so look, I got to ask you before you get out of here. I know you got a couple minutes. You got to go. Um, between Mick Mill telling the telling Kraft that Lamar should be a Patriot and all this, Lamar's tweeting out like the the worst grammatically incorrect tweets I've ever seen, and he wants to claim that it's a business, but yet your business is really taking a hit because you have no representation. Your tweets are horrible. He needs to stay off Twitter, Chase. He's making himself look even worse right now, and 
I don't get it, but the, the title of this show is Lamar Jackson has no action. No one's interested. Where it is, is he pretty done? wild. Yeah, it, it's nuts. Um, and I, I just don't I, I don't fully comprehend what's going on right now because you are nothing without a quarterback, right, in this league. And there are a lot of organizations who don't have good or quality quarterbacks in the NFL. And I understand that Lamar Jackson has been injured the last two Decembers, and that has probably impacted his market to a certain degree. They also look at a guy who does rely on his legs a lot, and they had Greg Roman calling the offense and designing the offense because, let's be real, I love Lamar Jackson. He does have limitations as a passer. So teams are looking at that. But also, I'm looking at the fact that this guy has won more than 70% of the starts. He's won an MVP. He's in his mid-20s. We had all these teams going after Deshaun Watson last year with all of the character concerns and all those lawsuits against him. Yet, Lamar Jackson is known to be a great character guy. The dude grinds. He hustles. He puts the work in. I'm not sold on him as a passer, but look, he has done what you want to see from a quarterback, which is get better and better year in and year out. I don't have the same character concerns yet. Deshaun Watson got the largest contract in the history of the NFL from any quarterback. That's what kind of boggles my mind. Now, there also could be a little push and pull here going on from the Baltimore Ravens and other teams. Lamar Jackson has this number out there that he believes that he's worth. And the Baltimore Ravens signed him to that exclusive tag. And they said, okay, that's great. We love you. We've seen you grown and develop. You've really helped our organization become relevant after a couple of down years with Joe Flacco. Go see what you can get. And you have your own representation. That's cool. We respect that. Go see what you can get. And then come back to us and let us know what that offer is. And clearly, there are not teams out there who are offering Lamar probably what he's seeking between 40 and $50 million. And I think it's pretty impressive that Lamar has been able to play this well. He's been able to produce these numbers when he hasn't had a great supporting cast, both at the running back position or at the wide receiver position. Mark Andrews is a great tight end. They seem to have a really good on-field kinship. But here's also the thing, too. If Lamar Jackson does make 40 to $50 million, He's going to continue to not have that top-tier receiving core where right now his top two receivers are Rashad Bateman and Nelson Aguilar if he were to return to Baltimore. So I give him, I give him credit for not having an agent. In fact, like I think that's actually pretty cool. I don't, I don't think it's helped him. I don't think it's benefited him at all. But look, he doesn't want to pay an agent you know, that percentage fee to land him that contract, but it has hurt him up to this point. I still think at some point he's going to get paid by Baltimore because what are they going to do? Bring back Tyler Huntley? I just don't buy into that. He's going to get paid at some point. I just don't think it's going to be the year amount or the number amount in terms of the money that he was seeking originally. I'm going to pay 3% to my damn agent to get me my money. I'm going to tell you right now. 3%, he wouldn't even see it, and he can get an endorsement deal to cover that 3%. Uh, in the TV business, sometimes it's up to 10%. And, you know, I've had agents reach out to me and be like, hey, we want to represent you because, you know, you have a lot of potential in this business. Ten yeah. percent. I'm like, no, I'm going to handle it myself. And it's worked out well for me so far. Like like Lee Steinberg getting Patrick Mahomes a five hundred million dollar deal. He's taking ten. Yeah. But 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 like guys that are trying to get these other guys like I don't know, man. I just I just think that the rappers need to stay in their lane. I think the athletes need to stay in their lane. I think it all needs to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Aaron Rodgers now allegedly uh, did not 
hold up his end of the bargain, uh, contrary to what he said on McAfee's show. Um, so there's that now. I think it's all holding everything up. I don't see Lamar back in Baltimore, Chase. I don't see him there. I don't see it happening. I think it's blown up. I think that's kind of a bad deal now. I don't think he can go back there. Um, he's turned down money already. I don't know if he goes back to Baltimore. And I just don't know who his suitors are. Right now it looks like the Colts. And I got to ask you, if Magic Johnson gets in on this Washington Commanders deal, I think it helps on the sweepstakes with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and look, that's a team that you and I have continued to pinpoint as a team that isn't in on Lamar Jackson, but I just don't understand why. Like, Ron Rivera is kind of on the hot seat. The pressure is on him to win. If he doesn't, Eric Bieniemy is waiting in the wings. And I think that Washington hired him knowing that if it doesn't go well for a defensive coach, we're going to pivot to an offensive guy and see what Eric Bieniemy can do. And Eric Bieniemy with Lamar Jackson, I think would be really fascinating. And there is so much turnover year to year in the NFL where Washington can go from a team that didn't make the playoffs last year, where if you bring in Lamar Jackson, you have Terry McLaurin, you have Curtis Samuel, you have some really good running backs. I really like what Jahan Dotson did last year. You get Chase Young for a full year. That defense is pretty good. You're set on the defensive line. Deron Payne, you bring him back. You have pretty good corners, linebackers, and safeties. Lamar Jackson makes you an 11, 12-win team. And most importantly for Washington, makes you relevant. And this has been a franchise that hasn't won a playoff game in nearly two decades. And you're telling me me that Sam Howell's going to be that guy? Like, come on now. I don't get it. Or or it doesn't or, make or sense Brissette. to me. Or Brissette? Yeah, yeah like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like I you could play this. Sticking to my guns. Uh, I'm going on Whitlock here this morning, and I'm going to say the same thing. I think Washington's still the team. I think that it is a uh, fluff. Uh, we never show our cards. I think Washington's still in on the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. I hope he gets it done. Uh, we'll see. Um, as the draft comes closer, who's it looking like that the uh, Eagles take? Man, it's it's pretty interesting because they're sitting pretty right now at number 10 and number 30 overall. And oftentimes they go best player available, and usually they go best player available with how they build their football team along the offensive line and the defensive line. I would have said corner prior to free agency, but I don't think they're going to go corner at 10 or 30 any longer because they brought back Darius Slay and James Bradbury, and they signed Greedy Williams to a one-year deal worth a little more than $1 million. So I think they might go offensive tackle. I think they might go offensive guard. Offensive tackle could be Paris Johnson. Offensive guard could be Peter Skaronsky. But they have this Cam Jurgens guy who they drafted in the second round last year out of Nebraska, who Jason Kelsey handpicked to replace him at center once he retires. Kelsey's back, but Jurgens did play last year in practice at guard. And I think he's going to take over there for Isaac Sayamalu. So then where does a Peter Skaronsky go? Lane Johnson just re-signed a contract extension through 2026. So are they going to go Paris Johnson there? I don't think so because he's going to be waiting in the wings and not play for a little while. And the whole point of getting that rookie is to take advantage of him being on that rookie deal. But if he's not playing, then you're not taking advantage of that player on the rookie deal. It wouldn't shock me if they brought in like a Jackson Smith and Jigba as a wide receiver three, knowing that their defense is taking a hit, they're going to have to outscore teams. And how are you going to stop an offense if Hertz takes another ascent? You have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Or the sexy pick that a lot of people are talking about right now 
It's Bijan Robinson. And I am firmly against taking a running back in the first round. But think about it this way. Miles Sanders is going to be making about $6 million per year on his new contract with the Carolina Panthers. If you take Bijan there at 10, he's making $4 million. And Bijan is the better, more well-rounded back. And while I don't like take, taking backs in the first round, this is an Eagles team that is stacked. So it's not like that they firmly have a position of importance and a position of need. They could afford to go Bijan Robinson at number 10, best player available. And if he's a transcendent player, which I believe that he is, you exercise that fifth-year option, you then have a transcendent player who could be one of the best all-around players in football for the next four to five years, who's a great scheme fit, who can run in between the tackles, get out to the perimeter. But also, he is very much like Christian McCaffrey in the sense where he can catch the ball out of the backfield and catch the ball out of the slot. And you saw the impact that Christian McCaffrey had when he was a two-time All-Pro in 2018 and 2019. And then last year, after a couple of injury-plagued seasons, he goes to San Francisco. He completely changed the complexion of their offense, JB. They averaged more than 30 points per game. And they utilized him as a pass catcher and as a runner. But I look at a player like McCaffrey and Bijan as an overall weapon. And can a weapon help elevate your team for the next four or five years when you have a win-now team? You're going to be paying Jalen Hurts a lot of money. Why not bring in a player like that? So I've warmed up to the idea of Bijan there at 10. Let me ask you two things before you leave here. I know you got to get out of here. Uh, one thing is I got to ask, uh, if I was to say bet, bet your house on it, um, would, you, would you bet on – Sam Darnold being the day one starter or against it? I'm going with Sam Darnold as being the starter uh, unless they go after and get a big-name quarterback. I think Sam Darnold's a starter. Ah, man, I I can't buy into it. I understand that they brought him in, and there are incentives in his contract where if he does play and he plays well, produces results, and he wins games, then he's going to have an opportunity to make a lot more money on that contract. But I think it's become pretty clear. We know what Sam Darnold is, right? He was drafted in 2018. He's 21 and 34 as a starter. He's but we knew what Daniel Jones was before he got a coach too, I thought. Well, okay. So, yeah, let, let me continue here. So, drafted in 2018, 21 and 34 as a starter, 61 touchdowns, 55 picks. Among all quarterbacks with 32-plus games played, he's last in passer rating at 78.2. Last in completion percentage, third worst interception percentage behind Jameis and Ryan Fitzpatrick, last in air yards per attempt, and fourth worst in yards per attempt. So we have Sam Darnold, who I think we have an idea who he is, and then we don't know what Trey Lance can become. So Kyle Shanahan said yesterday that he thinks that Trey, because Brock Purdy's going to be out, that Trey Lance and Sam Darnold are going to split first team reps. That doesn't make sense to me. Because if you drafted Lance number three in 2021 and he has this untapped potential and the one thing that he hasn't had is experience and reps because going back to 2019 at North Dakota State combined with his NFL tenure, he is combined to start only 21 games. He needs all the reps. So why not give them all to Trey Lance? So to split them up, that's something that I don't really agree with. Now, here's the thing with Sam Darnold that is somewhat intriguing We've seen resurrection projects before in the NFL. Kurt Warner was one of them. Daniel Jones, you just mentioned him. Does Sam Darnold have ability? He does. He has size. He has athleticism. He has arm strength. Does he still have potential? Yeah, there might be some untapped potential in there. Has he had bad coaching? 
Clay Helton was a disaster at USC. With the New York Jets, he had no stability. The same could be said for the Carolina Panthers. So while I think we have an idea of who Sam Darnold is, there is still that idea that maybe he can be maximized by a coach like Kyle Shanahan, who's brought the best out of guys like C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Brock Purdy. I would give the reps to Trey Lance to see what he can do. I would see what Sam Darnold can do with that second team, with that third team, and occasionally get those first team reps. And if Trey Lance falls flat on his face, you become it becomes clearer and clearer that he's not going to be that guy, right? And if that's the case, that's on Trey Lance. But I'd rather see if Lance can be that guy first. And if he can't, then you move on from him. The worst thing that could happen, you don't give him ample opportunities. Then he goes somewhere else via trade or in free agency in a year or two. And then you're like, shit, we didn't give him those opportunities. And he went somewhere and now he's flourishing. We missed our opportunity at a guy who has special ability. Hey, if I'm a, if I got a billion dollar airliner in the air and I gotta land it, we're we're having some issues with the engine and we can land it. Are you giving the keys to the captain or the guy in the back that's never flown? I'm letting Sam Darnold take the reps because he started in this league for 35, 40 games. Trey Lance hasn't played football in four years. But yeah. that's a whole nother thing. I gotta ask you as you leave, this list right here, this has been key acquisitions. Aaron Aaron Rodgers is set to become a Jet. We'll see. Do you like those acquisitions as your top 10, even the hires in the coaching world? Um, and who's missing? Um, I, I do like the Sam Darnold as being a top 10 acquisition over um, one of these guys. I do like Vic Fangio as a DC opposed to a head coach. I think Vic is a top three defensive coordinator in this league. I think it's huge in Miami. Uh, I'm not high on the Frank Reich thing. I think he's a quarterback guy, but then you got rid of Sam Darnold. So it kind of is like, ah, uh, is that a cop-out or what am I doing here? I know we got to draft because we got to please the fan base. Um, but I'm not high on the high, on the Frank uh, Reich hire. Does any of these other ones stand out, and who would you put ahead of them? Yeah, this is pretty interesting, right, because you look at moves of value, right? And for the Jets, they actually have a pretty good roster. If they had competent quarterback play, they'd probably make it into the playoffs last year. And obviously, they're going all in on Aaron Rodgers. If they get him, it's going to be a year or two move. But if you end up making it into the playoffs, making a deep run, and he returns somewhat close to form of when he was the MVP in 2021 and 2020, it's all worth it, right? So you got to go all in on a quarterback and find a quarterback. They didn't have that last year. Aaron Rodgers can be that guy. Cameron Sutton, C.J. Gardner-Johnson for the Lions. Those are two really good moves. I actually love what the Lions have been able to do. I think that they're going to win the NFC North. I think the Vikings, who won like 10 games by one score or less, are going to take a big drop-off. And that's going to reverse because those trends always do. And with Aaron Rodgers exiting Green Bay, it's the Lions' division to win. Justin Fields desperately needed a number one wide receiver. I think that DJ Moore is more of a 1B than a 1A because he's a little bit too small in my opinion. But Justin Fields needed that guy, and you need to find out if he's going to be your franchise guy. I don't believe that Justin Fields is a top-10 quarterback because he's way too inaccurate, but at least give him that shot. You now have Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard as your top two corners in Miami for a defense that was atrocious last year. With Tua and without Tua, the Dolphins were still putting up points and gaining yards offensively but their defense was bad. 
So you bring in Ramsey. Can he be rejuvenated by a change of scenery? We see that all the time with veterans. And then you pair that up with Vic Fangio, who you see his fingerprints of defensive football all across the NFL. I think he's immediately going to become one of the best defensive coordinators. I like Frank Reich a little bit more than UJB because I saw him maximize a washed Phillip Rivers. I saw him win games with Andrew Luck, and I saw him actually coach pretty well and have good production from Carson Wentz. You pair him up with the young quarterback, a really good coaching staff too, surrounded by offensive guys. Six is probably a little bit too high for him, in my opinion. James Bradbury was the second-team All-Pro last year. Joe Burrow needs protection because he's been hit the most or among the most hit quarterbacks since he entered the league, so Orlando Brown's really good. Marcus Davenport's a little bit of a reach for me at number 10. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with, with some of the moves here for sure. Well, who do you put in there? Um, do you like Baker to the Bucks? I don't. No, not Baker to the Bucks. Um, I'm trying to think about some of the other moves that have happened because there really hasn't been, like, that massive, massive move in free agency so far. Jamal Williams to the Saints. Jamal uh, Williams to the Saints. I, I, you know, I don't hate David Montgomery for $6 million per year to the Lions. Um, you know, Miles Sanders to the Panthers is okay, but they're not a team that's ready to win right now, and he's a win-now player. Um, yeah. And Cowboys we haven't seen the quarterback getting, uh, movement that we saw last year, you know? Cowboys getting cooked to me. Cooks isn't really – Cooks has been on 10 teams for a reason. I, yeah, and, and Gilmore, he's a little bit older. Uh, he's, he's a good number two cornerback for $10 million. So I don't hate what the Cowboys have done. As a whole, I don't hate what the Texans have done, but there isn't one move that's been big there. I think not having uh, Javon Hargrave on that list is a little bit interesting for me. Sign a four-year, $84 million deal with San Francisco. They needed a top-tier defensive tackle and defensive line depth really, really badly. They needed to just help out Nick Bosa, who didn't have a sack the last month of last year, and he's still at 18 and a half in the regular season, winning defensive player of the year. So to bring in Hargrave, I thought that was a really excellent move for San Francisco. That should probably be top 10. When does, uh, as you exit this room, when does uh, this Aaron Rodgers thing get done? Oh, man, I guess it just comes down to, like, what the Packers want and what the Jets are willing to give up. This this came out this morning. I guess the Jets, they're on a better uh, – I guess they're on a closer uh, collision on getting it done. But the, by the Jets saying – or the Packers saying they don't really necessarily need a first-rounder, doesn't that tell you that they want to part ways sooner than later? For sure. But, like, if they're moving forward knowing that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be the quarterback – and they're already planning to have Jordan Love, then the trade and when it happens, I guess, doesn't really matter if you think about it because they already know what their plans are going to be, and they know that Rodgers isn't coming back. Now, if he does come back, I think it throws a wrench into their plans as well as their message to a guy like Jordan Love. And then Love is now entering year three, and he's not going to play once again to be that guy. Um, so I think the trade is going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And I think it's going to benefit both parties. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to go back to the Packers. I think the Packers want to move on from him. The Jets are desperate for a quarterback. Really the big looming question, if the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers, they're fucked. I mean, what happens then? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, there, there's no going back. Now you got to get in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes and the Sam Br- and the, and the yep. Stafford and all that because uh, the Rams are now interested in OBJ 
and that means they're probably trying to keep Stafford, and uh, we'll see how it all unfolds. Man, I appreciate you coming on, Chase. I know you got to get out of here, and make sure you watch Chat Sports, Chase Senior. Follow him on Twitter and all Instagram and YouTube show. I appreciate you coming on, man. I'll see you next week. You hear me? Yeah, have you cursed at all this this week yet? No, not yet. Yeah, have you cursed at all this week yet? Not yet, nope. You haven't cursed once? Nope. All right. What's a word that starts with F and ends with K? Um, Fook. Fook. (laughs) There we go. I tried to get you. Hey, but I go on Patreon after this and do my regular one-hour skit. Okay, okay. Nice. So I, I see Frank Funk. I was going to say Frack. So good job yeah, by the fracking, people in the comments. Fracking's a big thing in Oklahoma. Yep, yep, no doubt. You, you frack and fake earthquakes and stuff. So, it, yeah. Hey, I'm trying it this week. Deep I'm trying it this week, uh, Chase. I got to try it. If these guys want to put me on a show on TV, at least I got to try it to see, ah, uh, am I going to sell out or can I even do it? Or am I going to rip my stuff off and start cussing? Good for you, man. Hey, marketability is important. We were talking about that with quarterbacks a little bit earlier. You're trying to market yourself and prove to the people out there, the hires that be, that you don't have to curse to spit bars. So, Hey, I'm on, I'm on Whitlock. I never cuss. I've been on shows. I don't need to cuss. I'm a chameleon, Chase. I could do it all. I know you are. I know you are. Hey, man, I appreciate you, man. I'll see you uh, later on. Salute. Peace. Later. Um. Man, I appreciate everybody. Hit that like button, subscribe, become a member today. Uh, man, we ran a little long today. It's uh, Work Boot Wednesday. Got to get you over the hump. Pound that like button before you get out of here. Let's get 500 likes. Head on over to CoachABStore.com and go on over to Patreon, located in my link tree and on the YouTube uh, chat and then the line. Go check it out. It's in the discussion board on my bio on YouTube. Patreon, the best untapped content there is last chance q clips are going up today as well um you'll get that all on patreon plus i got some cooking videos i'm about to do a straight up cooking channel on patreon don't get it twisted uh don't trip i'll be back uh come on over and and watch the patreon um i'm about to go do that raw and uncut version i got a lot to discuss in the regular jb form over there so make sure you pound this like button subscribe become a member if you're not one man Make this thing grow. That's what she said. I'll see you in the morning for Thirsty Thursday, hopefully with Ken Griffey Jr. I'll see you later on. Peace.